Radio Universe. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. For all the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bicycle in the arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Smile at you and kick your face off. I don't know that one's up. But I don't like it when things are going my way. Don't you dare be sour! Woo! Woo! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, like, you know that wrestling bro. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What is up ladies and gentlemen out there? Welcome! Episode 248 of the Three Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Pacona, Philly voice and Philly influencer. And we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us tonight. We got a discussion, another deep dive. These deep dives are a lot of fun to do. We've got some good feedback on them from the, the, the Twitterverse out there. We did SummerSlam 1990 last week which was in Philly. This week, we want to fast forward three weeks, or three years, not three weeks. <laughs> three years, rather, to SummerSlam 1993. Not the event. No, not the event, but the buildup. Because, of course, we're going into SummerSlam right now here in 2020. It's this weekend as we record this. But in 1993, December of 1993, there was a campaign, so to speak, for Lex Luger, the Lex Express, and we're going to watch a portion of the, the video that's on the WWE Network. It's a three-hour video on the WWE Network right now called All Aboard the Lex Express. And I'm sure some people have watched it already. Uh, it went up on the WWE Network in 2018, I believe. And it's a three-hour, like, you know, it's three different things. It's, you got the, the, the USS Intrepid thing in the beginning. At the end, you have... The SummerSlam match between Lex Luger and Yokozuna. And, but in the middle, for pretty much two hours, is nothing but a bunch of raw footage of Lex Luger on the Lex Express, traveling around the country, kissing babies, signing autographs, and meeting people on his way to SummerSlam 1993. That's the portion we're going to talk about tonight. Not the Stars and Stripes USS Intrepid. We live commented that last year or two years ago, something like that, recently, right? Here on the Straight Shooters. It's in the archives if you're interested. And I believe we've talked about the SummerSlam match too, right? Yeah, we did a live commentary, I believe, for both. Right. So we did all that. I but think uh, one's, done, one's on Patreon and one's on our regular feed. So maybe I'll reshare those. So yeah, all right, go, okay, go check it out. Right? So we've done that. But we haven't done the portion of that special where he's on the road for 45 days. From the day he did the USS Intrepid thing, and we're going to set it all up in a little bit. From the day he did the USS Intrepid thing to SummerSlam, he was on the road in this bus wrapped in red, white, and blue. And it is quite the watch. So if you're interested, I think it's that portion of that video again all aboard the lex express on the ww network it starts like an hour in right when they're just driving down the road for for a long time 
So I'm about 59 or so, 58 minutes in to that video until like two and a half hours in. Because the last like 30 minutes or so is the SummerSlam match. That portion is what we're talking about. So if you want to really actually watch it and dig into it. So you can pause this right now if you want. Go check that out and come back because we're going to talk about it in great detail. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk about what just happened here on Friday Night SmackDown. We're recording this right after SmackDown's going off the air. And we just got our first look at the Thunderdome. But before we talk about that, I got to do my <laughs> weekly check on my guy, my man, man, Pots and Pans, Nick McCone. How are you doing tonight, my good brother? I'm doing all right. Uh, a big Philly, right. a, a big Philly sports night, and it, it's too much, man. You got three teams going on at the same exact time. It's just way too much. It fried my brain a little bit. Uh, the Flyers got heavily outplayed in Game Six against the Canadians, but came away with the win to move That's on. That's all that matters, Nick. I agree. I agree. So Get that the dub. part, that part, I'm. I'm happy about, but then you got the Sixers on the verge of being swept, and the Phillies right now are losing 11 to two to the Braves, Look, division rivals. So I'm just uh, focusing on the positives. I ain't got time for that negative energy. It's <laughs> been a year of enough negative energy. That is Flyers true. Flyers are moving on to the second round, on to the Islanders. That's on it. To the Islanders. Yep. That, like Bill Belichick said a couple of years ago, on to the Bengals, on to the Islanders. And what happened against Montreal, at least from a fan standpoint, I don't care. Let the Flyers fix that. <laughs> Whatever they got to fix. <laughs> well, I'll have Me? to deal with any Canadians fans vanity searching Shea Weber because uh, well, I've already had a few. You brought that on yourself, me. fam. <laughs> this is not the night to poke and prod with the Canadians fans. <laughs> it wasn't directed at the fans. It was directed at someone like Shea Weber in particular and the Canadians. But it, for, for those out there, there was a whole issue going on with patting Carter Hart's head, uh, the Flyers goaltender. And then, uh, you know, the Flyers did that back. After they won game six, and then everyone started crying on the Canadian side, but I'll leave it at that. Look, they're, they're upset because the team lost, you know. Uh, like, uh, we don't know how that feels. Well, of course, but that's exactly, that's what I'm saying. They're upset. They'll be all right. Uh, aren't, weren't they the last Canadian team playing, too? Uh, Maybe. I know Calgary lost last night. <laughs> they were no, up th- no, yeah, Calgary's still playing. <laughs> they, no, they were up 3 nothing. They lost. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's true. They got up early too in that game. I was watching it. Yeah, they but out. they're still playing. I take that back. They're playing the Stars right now. Uh, stars uh, won the series. So the series is over. Te- yeah, technically they're out. They got out before the Canadians. Oh my god, so, I'm so yeah. far behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that series was three to two Dallas, and then it, it looked like it was what? going to Game Seven, but Dallas was like, yeah, LOL. Calgary jumped no. on them fast. They did. It was three nothing. Oh man, you are right. They yeah, were playing. <laughs> Dallas is playing Colorado in the next round. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, this this was okay. So you got two more series. No, that, damn, I damn. am behind, bro. It's all right, man. All the There's behind. a lot going on around here, so it is. It really is. So okay, but well, Vancouver's up. Vancouver's it. playing the Blues right now. They're up three nothing in the second period. So I see that. I and they're see that right now. They're up three two in the series. So. Okay. Defending so Stanley Canadian Cup champion blues. blues are about to be eliminated if Braden Shen oh. doesn't come through clutch. Former still Flyer. Canadian, still two more Canadian teams playing. But no, the Canadians fans are upset. They're understandably upset. You know, they, they lost, you know, Stanley Cup final. Oh, Stanley Cup playoffs, I should say. <laughs> uh, final, that's funny. But stop it. Stop <laughs> it right now. You've made them upset enough. Uh, but real quick, we don't want to spend too much time on it because we got a lot to talk about with the Lex Express. Um, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Thunderdome. Smackdown. 
Yeah. Quick thoughts. Better presentation. Uh, it made it feel a little bit more normal than the performance center, at least. Um, but it'll take a little bit to get used to the. I think they should kind of coordinate the color backgrounds of each person to kind of make it visually and more like aesthetic. But uh, for the first time, uh, a live production on on Fox, uh, I was I was a, I thought it was pretty cool. It definitely was an improvement over the uh, performance center. Uh, WWE got to use a bunch of pyro. They had the, the, the big Titan Tron back. It was kind of nice to see that at least. It was like, oh, look at that. It looks like somewhat normal again, but mm-hmm. obviously was still far from normalcy uh, in the United States. But I agree with you. Upgrade in production. It just it just looked better overall. But you know, it's whatever. It's just it, it wasn't groundbreaking. You know, it wasn't earth shattering by any means. Uh, but you know, it looks better than the performance center did every every you know every night that we watched Raw, SmackDown, and NXT or whatever. So uh, definitely an upgrade. So, but again, not earth shattering. So <laughs> Thunderdome. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the name. It's like what didn't we have that with Matt Max? Like what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I uh, I don't know why they couldn't come up with a better name, but right. Why the Thunderdome? Like the why not the WWE Universe Soul Dome or something like that. At least I could see the brand. <laughs> Did name. you say Universe Soul Dome? Like <laughs> Universe Soul Circus? <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> Universe Soul Dome. That's way better than Thunderdome. Because <laughs> there's no thunder in there. Why is it a Thunderdome? Well, they, <laughs> you know, they tried with the whole graphics with the lightning and thunder in the beginning, and I just kind of laughed because I'm like, it does look like Nickelodeon guts to me. <laughs> it looked like the aggro crag. I always wish I, crack, I used to be dope. I used to wish I would get on there and win a piece of that so I could put it in my room, like that piece of the aggro crag. I wanted Bro, everything trophy, in my room. I looked, I legit looked for the trophy online so I could buy it because I wanted the, the aggro crag trophy and I couldn't find it. I'm <sighs> sick about it, bro. That's Still uh, sick about it. Why is it Nickelodeon like selling that somewhere? Somebody That's, has to have it for sale. They gave well, just, out a bunch of them, just right? Make them, yeah, just make them foam or something. I don't know. They looked foamy, right? Actually, they looked heavy to me. I want the Aggro Crag Trophy. But um, I was—I always yeah. believed him when he was like, "It's the piece of the Aggro Crag," and I was like, "Man, they just keep handing out pieces." Like, and they're not gonna have well, any left. I know. <laughs> Pretty soon, they're gonna jump up two feet and be at the top. It's gonna be the Aggro Molehill. Like, it's not gonna be the, the Crag anymore. That was a super dad joke by me. I, I apologize. Um. But Thunderdome, I would say Universal Dome would be much better. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm all right. surprised they didn't just work in that the, like WWE Universe into there because now they're talking about fans and stuff. They're actually using the word fans. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? <laughs> right? <laughs> we got fans now? Um, and it, and it, pretty much the, the idea of having the fans on the screens is not like some radical idea. We've seen it now with nba specifically so you know it's an mls did it too i believe and i think you know some teams maybe in the nfl might do it i don't know but uh is you know it's a thing so whatever we'll forget about it in a couple weeks yeah <laughs> aew will have real fans by the way for 10 to 15 oh percent capacity so at dally's <sighs> place so no led boards for them because why <laughs> Because they're, uh, uh, 
I guess if Florida let them, they're going to do it. I, I guess if Florida says, hey, you can do it, then yep. why not? But All right. <laughs> um, but let's rewind back to a simpler time, to the summer of 1993. So let's provide some context, shall we? I can't wait. So the day is July 4th, 1993, and WWF set up an entire event on the USS Intrepid for a body slam challenge of sorts for Yokozuna. And there was a multiple person body slam challenge. Yokozuna was just in the ring. He was a WWF champion at the time. All Every bit of 500 pounds. And person after person would come to the ring and try to body slam Yokozuna. Football players, basketball players, hockey players, wrestlers. You name it. They were there and they all failed. Of course, if you want great details about this, check out the live commentary in our archives. Uh, you know, we had a good time watching it. Everybody failed until the helicopter swooped in from the skies and in came Lex Luger with an American flag shirt who I don't think was a babyface on TV at all before that. Was he? Nope. I think he uh, was still the narcissist at WrestleMania that year. They... Uh, added Superstars episodes to the WWE Network up until May, I think. And even at that point, he was still the narcissist, uh, the king of the ring. He was a narcissist. That was June. So, yeah. So, for for all intents and purposes, Stars and Stripes, that event, was the babyface debut, at least in WWF, of Lex Luger. He comes down as this American hero, suddenly this American hero, because, of course, Yokozuna is the foreign menace he's japanese or he's a samoan playing a japanese man uh but he's not from the united states the good old us of a so he's the enemy and wwf size at least lex luger comes down he body slams yokozuna everybody's happy wwf in their mind saw this as, as an opportunity obviously to build lex luger to a championship match at SummerSlam against yokozuna that's obvious but what wasn't really conventional was how they built it. Instead of having Lex Luger be on TV and interacting and cutting promos and that normal stuff that you see and trying to build him up to the masses, WWF at the time opted for the grassroots approach. See, they got a bus, wrapped it up in red, white, and blue, and said, Lex Luger, this is your home for the next 45 days. You're going to travel around the country and campaign. We're going to call it the call to action campaign. So you can campaign and get signatures, apparently, to face Yokozuna at SummerSlam. So you can bring the WWF World Championship back to the United States, where it apparently belonged, according to Lex Luger. (laughs) A world championship. World championship. It belongs in the United States. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, sidetrack. I always find it funny when people, um, and like we won the Super Bowl and we were saying like <laughs> world champions, like our ring says world champions on it. And people say, well, you didn't play anybody outside of the United States. How's it a world championship? It's like, okay, <laughs> With the, get a football team from, from another country and we'll play them and we'll beat the pants off them. Okay. <laughs> you know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the world but, series. <laughs> right. You're not playing teams from Japan. It's like they'd probably lose if they did. <laughs> That's 
you know, but whatever. I digress. So they put him on the campaign trail like he was a politician. All right. And in their minds, let's, you know, again, more context. We got to remember 1992 was an election year. Bill Clinton was named the 42nd president of the United States. And he was inaugurated in January of 1993 as such. So in their minds, like he campaigned to become president, obviously, as every politician does. Well, we're going to do the same thing with Lex Luger because everybody trusts politicians, regardless of what side of the aisle you're sitting on. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. What? Who wouldn't want to root for a politician? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like a good baby face, a politician. <laughs> so this thing is, like I said, about two hours. There's a lot of just raw footage, stuff that's clearly not color corrected, stuff that's just not not edited. It's just like camera. Sometimes it's cameramen chasing people, like running around. Yeah, yeah, with shot. the camera, and I'm like getting sick watching it. <laughs> right, they're shaking the camera, not on purpose, like WWE does now, <laughs> with the shaky cam, like by accident, because they're running to try to get a shot. Um, so you know, you got a lot of that, and it's just a lot of just stuff with Lex Luger's exclusive footage that. It's a look at Lex Luger. I don't. I'm not sure we really got ever. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. Anything you want to add to that before we kind of dig into this? Uh, I just remember thinking, uh, you know, I was what was it? It was '93, so I was seven at the time. So, you know, it was Hogan was gone. I didn't realize that, obviously, and I was just kind of thought it was weird that Lex Luger was being all of a sudden like a good guy. Everyone was praising him after they just spent half the year, you know, killing him for his narcissistic uh, character and all that. And I was like, why all of a sudden am I supposed to like him just because he's like patriotic? Like, why is that? have anything to do with anything you know so i was just confused at the time I, di I didn't get behind lex luger like i was behind the ultimate warrior and hulk hogan when i started watching well, you didn't get behind lex luger and you weren't the only one who didn't get behind him so wwe just thought we'll just wrap him up in red white and blue and people <laughs> will love him that's exactly what they did <laughs> give him the stars and stripes and people will be rooting for him in no time not quite they opted for a Canadian wearing black and pink instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that goes to goes show you how much patriotism mattered to those fans. Yeah, that's um, like, just imagine them chanting USA after that. <laughs> right. I'm not even sure they knew Brett was Canadian at the time, though. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know I, I did. He was announced from, he was announced from Calgary, Alberta, Canada yeah. every time he had a match. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a different country at the time you know? <laughs> <laughs> we i didn't learn just, geography really to like sixth grade or seventh grade so i, I knew capitals geography. and stuff i knew geography of the u.s but not the world it's funny i learned geography partially because of wrestling i would hear yeah. like yep edge get announced from toronto ontario or uh chris jericho winnipeg manitoba or even mm -hmm. benoit edmonton alberta i knew what those provinces were because of wrestling yep. it's, it's funny how that works but let's dig into this opening, shall we? This red hot cold open, <laughs> ice cold open <laughs> of this feature of just the bus traveling down the road for 15 minutes. <laughs> and it's just going and going and going 
and obviously, so the cameramen are in a car in front of the bus, and they're just shooting the bus, getting as plenty, as much B-roll as they possibly can, because the footage they use in this feature, this two-hour-long thing, was eventually turned into that video, We Need a Hero. <laughs> Right, I saw plenty of footage, plenty of shots from this that was yeah. used in that video. Yep. So they got a ton of B-roll for that in this special. But damn, it was like 15 minutes of just driving down the road. And at one point, they get too close to the tr- to the bus, and a driver waves them. I'm like, hey, go faster. Like, And they're like, hey, he wants us to go faster. And they pull up and super exciting stuff, man. Yeah, it cracked me up. And there was one part i even put it on twitter where they get off an exit <laughs> whoever's in the car the bus actually gets off the exit and whoever's in the car in front of them is like pull over pull over <laughs> did they even know where they were going like <laughs> <laughs> apparently not apparently the guy holding the camera was also driving <laughs> like oh really i don't even know no that. i'm joking no oh. <laughs> <laughs> man i'm thinking you're what? dropping news. <laughs> i think you're dropping How news on me <laughs> <laughs> that was dangerous the 90s were wild time <laughs> i really believed you <laughs> uh, yeah dude it, i mean it, it's just so funny to me because you see like even some at some points the camera just cuts quickly so you know they stopped it and then started it so i don't know even there's might have been even more footage that we don't know of uh but I th- was this was a Coliseum video, right? It was a it was a release on a actual I VHS. I can't see right? how this vi- uh, this what we saw on this special. I don't see how this was released in any fashion as it was because <laughs> it was just like I said, it was so much raw footage. Like it's just, that's, that's not true. what you want to put that's out. That's true. Like, yeah, they, so I don't know. I know what, like if they did, I didn't get parked it. on the side of the road and and you see the bus driving past them and like they're clearly shooting it for B roll, like just right, to show right. you like hey, he's traveling up and down the roads. But you could see also see their car that they got out of across the street. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you park, shoot in front of your car? Like, so you don't, I don't know. Like, right. I don't, I guess yeah. they couldn't shoot. I don't know. I'm sure they couldn't park on the wrong side of the street, on the wrong side of the road. But either way, it's just a lot of raw footage. So I don't see how, as it was, it was released. Maybe it was, and WWE was just like, get it out. <laughs> like, do it. <laughs> But in this thing, there's so much raw footage. Like, I just don't see how this was put. You got packaging on it, and there's editing behind it. Like, there's, it clearly wasn't. Like I said, it's not color corrected in certain spots. Mm-mm. You can see, uh, specifically when in, a, in that VFW hall, we'll talk more about that in a second, where the color changes, like, because it's not corrected properly. So, you know. Yeah, the, and even the Stars and Stripes challenge on the USS Intrepid wasn't really edited or anything you see the camera no. move around and stuff so i uh, probably the only raw, edited, especially at the end of it yeah the only i think the only edited thing on there was probably the match itself at SummerSlam. yeah but like you said the stars and stripes thing super raw like at the end of it they're just shooting around showing people yep. as they leave they're waving at the camera you can see the camera just panning around back and forth there's no cuts it's just mm-hmm. this was as raw as it got <laughs> you know so <laughs> uh so we, we finally get off the road for a little bit, and now we're at a radio station, which I guess is in New York? Was yeah. this in New York, I guess? Hot, hot 97. He said Hot 97. Yeah. So that's New York radio station, a hip, legendary hip-hop station. And you you dug this up. You found out who that radio host was. Yeah. 
It was. It was. <laughs> I don't know if you <laughs> wanted to lead into that, but it was actually the current Philadelphia Eagles Spanish announcer, Ricky Ricardo, who also does the Yankees on WFAN uh, Spanish announcing. So I thought it was weird because he said the Rick Ricardo show on Hot 97 at the end of this segment. So I don't, I don't even remember how long you know that segment was. The camera like kind of goes back and forth. And it was behind the host for quite a while. And then it changed and it went to the other side so you could see his face. And I didn't really put two and two together because the Ricky Ricardo I know, that's, you know, the Eagles Spanish announcer who was on WIP and, and WFAN. I never saw him with facial hair. And this guy had like a beard, the full black beard and a hat and everything. So it didn't look any like anyone I recognized until he said this is Rick Ricardo the Rick Ricardo show so it was even said Rick Ricardo so I know him as Ricky Ricardo everyone around Philly knows him as Ricky Ricardo so I was just kind of like taken aback by it so I went and and re-watched that and I was like that dude sounds like him and I could put the face to it but I can't exactly like I need more info so i googled it and it turns out that was ricky ricardo and it blew my mind that he was doing talk radio in new york in 1993 and interviewed lex luger <laughs> right that's the last person i thought expect to see expected to see on this thing because lex right. luger did a bunch of radio interviews we'll talk more about him but i didn't expect to see ricky ricardo on there who was funny uh, we just re-aired the uh, the 2018 wildcard game against the Bears last night. Like again, we're recording this on Friday night, uh, so Thursday to make up for you know the lost preseason games that we would have had. You know, because all our preseason games would have been on Thursday. We're re-airing some older games to make up some of the revenue, I would assume. Um, and we re-aired the Bears game because it was on NBC. And you know, of course, that's when you know the missed field goal, the double doink, and all that. But uh, somebody posted the Spanish call to that game, to that play, and Rick, if you ever heard Ricky Ricardo call a game, man, or call it like certain big plays, he loses his mind. It's so great. He's when the ball is no good, is no senor, no senor, no senor, and he just he goes <laughs> Chicago, Chicago, he's singing songs. It's like it's so good. He's having fun. But when Jake Elliott hit the um, sixty-one yard field goal in twenty seventeen yeah. to beat yeah. the Giants. See, si, senor, see, si, senor, like it's so, and he just goes in, man. And it's like, it's awesome. Like, I think we even posted the Spanish call on uh, Twitter after mm-hmm. after the fact because it was just great. Like, it's they get he gets so excited, man. So it's it's so good. So yeah, I, look that you found a couple people on this. We'll talk about them that I didn't when I watched it through. I was like, who, I didn't know that was that person. <laughs> but uh, so good sleuthing by you. It was. I appreciate uh, that. You know digging into uh some of these easter eggs so to speak that we found out here um i put in my notes here that lex luger was super boring as a babyface. he just <laughs> at this point i think i changed my tune a little bit by the end as i was watching this just slightly but compared to what he was as a heel i thought he was a dope heel four horsemen lex luger narcissist lex luger who would use a metal plate in his arm to win matches yep i thought he was great Babyface Lex Luger, uh, I at best. 
He was just big. He had muscles. That's what, that's what he had to offer. He yeah, had muscles. Like, that's it. We, that was the big part of his character as the narcissist. Like the his muscles, he's built so well. And then as a baby face, no one ever mentioned that. <laughs> it's like right. it wasn't even a part of the discussion. He loves America. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so just so we're clear, uh, Lex pretty much lived on his butt. So he had his own bed and stuff like that. So this was a lot for him, I'm sure. But they tried. They tried really hard to get him over with the people. Uh, next, we go to a I, looks like a VFW hall somewhere. Mm-hmm. Where there's a bunch of black men, middle-aged black men, uh, and they're all chanting his name. They're all rooting for him to take his shirt off, and <laughs> and Lex stands up like he's gonna do it, and then he pump fakes and they go, "Oh man!" <laughs> and the one guy goes like, "In quotes, I'll take mine off if you take yours <laughs> off." It's like, what the hell is going on here? This VHS people, or this this should have been rated. PG uh, fourteen or rated TVMA. Mature. Yeah, <laughs> I just did. Were people that infatuated with muscles? Muscles back in the early nineties? Because I feel like that wouldn't happen today. I mean, I, maybe I back wasn't. in the nineties, people were just like muscles. I don't see these often. So wow, look at that. I want to see them. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, they wanted to see those muscles really bad. They wanted them to take a shirt off. They did. So I guess it's just like. Society as a whole, we're just infatuated with muscles. I don't know. Uh, there's a point, though, where Lex said to the cameraman, I think, that he forgot his speech. So he like kind of like said something to the people just for the cameras, apparently. like It was weird. like Because, again, this was super raw. So you can hear Lex Luger talk to the cameraman and stuff like that. A lot of interactions. And what he did talk about when he started talking uh, is that he wanted to establish that, you know, it, you know, it's not uncool to be patriotic. You know, he wanted to really reach out to kids and show them that it's, it's okay to be patriotic, which is funny to hear nowadays because it's like, <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it wasn't even the case. Kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know, at seven years old, I wasn't, uh, I, I kind of agreed with that. Like, being patriotic was kind of like, ew, like, you're a nerd if you're patriotic. Like, I thought my mom was kind of nerdy for having american flags out her car window you know hanging like those american flags and i was seven years old so i was kind of like it kind of hit me when he was saying that because i was like yeah i was probably one of them that's kind of like eh i don't need to drape myself in all this american stuff like i know uh, at seven years old i know what kind of i can get away with (laughs) as as an american (laughs) i don't know just people who like really super into like the american flag and stuff like that just I feel like I always disagree with them on a lot of different things. So, <laughs> that's yeah, just me. it's it's funny how the dichotomy of certain people that love that flag, but yeah, don't seem to know what it stands for. If we have international listeners and you haven't been keeping up, there's been a lot of contention over the flag in the last couple of years that we don't have time to cover in this podcast because it'll be <laughs> a long one. So, just know. It means a lot to some people. <laughs> I'm just saying that. But what we got to talk about, what we got to talk about right now is Lex Luger's fit on this day. All right? What he was wearing and what he wore a lot of throughout this. But on this day, mock turtleneck, which I don't know if that's ever the wave. <laughs> the mock turtle 
I don't know. Maybe, Maybe not. If, you know, depends, I guess, how you wear it. Yeah, I used to rock that uh, quite a bit back then in the nineties. But I'm sure I did too when I, I was would a kid. Not, I would not in 2020. <laughs> the mock turtle man is always just a look in the summer but too. He had it, right? It's ju- it's like July, <laughs> and he got the sleeves rolled up. Why? Because it's hot, of course. <laughs> so get a short sleeve shirt, goof. <laughs> but he's got the mock turtle, a white mock turtle tucked in. It's tucked in with a fanny pack <laughs> to some red, white, and blue pants. Bruh. This is a common theme during this whole thing. Everywhere Lex Luger went, he had something on. Something that was red, white, and blue. If it wasn't a flat-out American flag, it was at least red, white, and blue. It's like, what the hell? And all the people that were with him were wearing something American flag-related. Like the can- I saw multiple photographers or his, like his handler red white and blue it's like we get it bro he's he's patriotic <laughs> i'm telling you the top WWE is not about subtlety top pet and gill wore red white and blue on an episode of mania <laughs> leading up to this so <laughs> My God. it actually might have been after SummerSlam, but he definitely wore red white and blue and he pointed it out uh quite often during that episode of mania and you know you can take that to the bank because i'm a top pet and gill mark I'm sure we get some Todd Peck and go at the end of this, so I'm sure you you're, you're rearing up for that. Sure, I got actually have a whole uh, page on that one. <laughs> no, please, please delete all of it. Get rid of it. Uh, just X out of it. Don't save it. To put it in the trash, please. Um, uh, unfortunately for you, I wrote it down. Oh, ball it up and throw it in the trash. Then <laughs> it still can be thrown away. It's even easier. <laughs> uh, put it in the good old fashioned trash can instead of the uh, the the recycle bin, the, the computer one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recycle. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, now we transition away from this uh, event that Lex Luger attended to another event where he he is now, I guess, still in New York, maybe. But now he's promoting WWE or WWF, I should say, the album or WrestleMania, the album, which came out. At some point in 1993, and he's with Tatanka, Macho Man. I think it was Jim Duggan in the back. Was Jim Duggan in the back? Uh, I didn't check. I didn't. I wasn't. Didn't catch okay, that. Well, it's him and a couple other wrestlers, and they're surrounding this woman for a photo op. I don't know who this woman is, but she's in the middle, and she's like, "Hey, you know, you know, WrestleMania, the album, yeah." <laughs> and for some strange reason, Macho Man, I love you to death, bro. But why did he wrap his hands around that woman's neck? I missed that. Did you see that? <laughs> I must have missed that. I did not see that. How did you miss that? I'm like, whoa, what are you doing, bro? And look, he was joking. I get it. He wasn't like seriously trying to choke this woman. But it was odd. And he and he and I quoted this. You love it, don't you? It's like, what? What are you talking about, bro? That's this is I am uncomfortable. Well like George Animal Steel did that with me. He actually take took my hands to put around his neck for a photo. <laughs> and uh my friends oh, he Put his hands around their neck for photos. So I don't know. Maybe he was biting off him. For one, you are a grown man. <laughs> and Bob Backlund put me in a headlock at WrestleMania. <laughs> he that did. was dope, actually. <laughs> he shook my hand, it, and I was really awkward about it. <laughs> it's just I've, I don't know. I just it just made me uncomfortable. To see. <laughs> he would just. I have to go back and see because I did not notice that. I must have been writing just, down something 
yeah, you know, don't trust me, it happened, and he just, you know, oh, he just like, goes for it. Yeah, it's like, I, that, is that really the photo you want to get out there that you're choking this woman? Like, I don't think that's, you know, if it's a guy, I guess it's different, but if a woman that just doesn't know the optics are bad, the optics are very bad. <laughs> like, especially he just, said you like it, don't you? Like, come on, Randy. Like, and I think man. he's talking about the album. I'm sure he's talking about the album. <laughs> I would hope. But it's still, again, just if you didn't have no clue what was going on, <laughs> you see this man with his hand wrapped around this woman's throat, and he <laughs> says to her, you love it, don't you? And his raspy, you know, <laughs> macho man voice, and you're like, oh, what, what's going on here? This is, mm. this is odd. And you'd be right. Um, I did have that album, by the way. I was going to say, let's talk about, let's talk about WrestleMania the album. Yes. You said you had this album. I did. Please tell me what you thought about it. Uh, I loved it, actually. <laughs> it's a seven-year-old. Oh uh, I mean, it's one of those things where you just... It, you, I can't explain it, because I wasn't into music music. Like I wasn't listening to the radio all the time. I wasn't up-to-date with like all the hot songs at that point. I didn't really get into music music until like 95. I want to say when I actually listened to the radio more and more. So this was a lot, 93. So I only really listened to stuff that people got me as gifts or anything like that. So obviously wrestling, WrestleMania, the album, I got it. And uh, started listening to it. The, the WrestleMania song and the SummerSlam Jam were two of my favorites just because... Uh, it, it was catchy, you know, like it was catchy to me, and I loved it. And then they showed these videos on WWF TV, and so like I was like, all right, like that's cool, like I I, I dig it. Like I showed it on Mania, showed it on Superstars Wrestling Challenge, man. It was it was everywhere. Monday Night Raw. So yeah, I, I was all about it. I, I I didn't like sing along to it, but <laughs> like I would listen to it on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. <laughs> All right. First off, the WrestleMania song was great. We are, so for those that aren't really sure what we're talking about, the song WrestleMania. Yeah. That song. You, you've heard this song if you've watched WrestleMania. I don't know nine, ten. Right, nine, ten. You know, bunch of WrestleManias from the nineties, or listen to Linda McMahon's theme music. <laughs> You know the song. It was eventually turned into that. They took the vocals out for Linda McMahon. It kind of sounds sounds like Michael Jackson, uh, black or white. You know, they just ripped that off. Uh, but the song is garbage, bro. Why? Why do they have somebody talking about Survivor Series in the beginning of the song? <laughs> it's WrestleMania. <laughs> mean Gene, who will survive? Like, what? What, what does that mean? There were a lot of and, nonsense. There were a lot of nonsensical things in the courses of these songs, but I it, looked past the that. song. Is just promos put together over this beat. They don't. There's no lyrics. <laughs> there's no rhythm. Well, from the chorus, there are. I mean, that's it. <laughs> and the thing is about this album, I actually listened to a couple of songs from the album. They're all like that. Yeah, they are. It's just songs that so- sound very similar, and they're just promos. Big boss man, I'm, I I want to do the right thing and treat people how I want to be treated. And it's like, what the heck? What does that have to do with 
WrestleMania, a SummerSlam jam. Like, but I it just, sounds cool when there's music on the backdrop. No, it does not. It was trash. <laughs> Bret Hart. Funny thing about this album. Is, <laughs> there's a new sheriff about this in album, town. It was, it was produced by guys from a couple guys from the UK. They actually like a very legendary like writing trio or duos. Guys named Mike Stock and Pete Waterman. They were part of Stock, Aitken, and Waterman, <laughs> and. Simon Cowell actually produced the album. Nice. He was one of the producers. So how about that? His best album. Stop it. Um, <laughs> but this, this for short, I'm calling them SAW. They produced a, over 100 top 40 hits in the UK, including the legendary song, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs> Never gonna give you up. Never, never gonna, gonna let you down. down. Never gonna turn around and desert and you. hurt you. Yes, if you've been Rick Rolled, you know this song. <laughs> it comes from Rick Astley, and they and they wrote this song or pro- produced it, whatever. And they were known for like creating songs that had like the Euro dance, a Euro beat type of stuff. So that's they pretty much had this sound, like the high tempo dance sound that was the wave in the early nineties late 80s early 90s and they pretty much just made a whole album full of it with no lyrics just promos called wrestlemania the album the damn thing sounds so 90s it doesn't it's aged so poorly because <laughs> it's just so of the time now granted wwe kudos to them for being of the time i guess but who was listening to that album a year later nobody uh, one so, at least one person okay nick bacone is his name yeah um but it wasn't New Jack Swing like it was in the early 90s. Where <laughs> that That's still dope to this day. New Jack Swing songs, I'm still listening to to this day. This, nah. I'm good, fam. I'm not even sure how many albums it sold. Like how many. I can look it up real quick. But it probably sold a bunch. Because kids what? like you was like, yeah. Went platinum. I got to have it. <laughs> WrestleMania the album, bro. It had like Hacksaw Jim Duggan song on there. Macho Man song on there. Axel Jim Duggan's song was just like too. USA, you, you, USA. You begged <laughs> your mom for this album. I don't know if I begged her, but I was like, "Just get me that, thank you." <laughs> so it was a summer. So I mean, it wasn't my birthday. So I must have done chores or something. Or maybe I did wait till my birthday, and that was October. So I don't know. I can't find how many. Let's see here. That's the album it's too filled high. the chart in the U.S. It filled the chart in the, on the on the U.S. Billboard two hundred on the Billboard two hundred, but it reached number ten in the U.K. Mainly because these guys from the U.K. wrote the damn thing, I guess, or produced <laughs> it. And they it was certified silver. S- Slam Jam certified silver by the British phonograph phonographic industry. So, you know, there's. That's WrestleMania the album. This is the album that Lex Luger was promoting uh, in this particular time frame here. Uh, I wrote down here, he's wearing another terrible American flag shirt. <laughs> but the funny thing was that he was complaining about how hot it was. I was like, oh my God, it's so hot in here. What is it, 98 degrees shirt or something on, like It's that? probably cotton, bro. Didn't he say like 98 degrees and it made me think... Wonder if that's how that band got that name. They were on the Lex Express, and 
they heard him say 98 degrees and he's like let's make that our band name it's possible yeah. it's possible I, I i put here though like he complained about how hot it was the shirt couldn't have helped because <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm i'm sure it didn't uh one yeah, point they were e, indoors too like what why was right. the air on like no ac i guess this, this 93 they just didn't care 93 it's oh. just like <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine living um, without AC, man. Yeah, but at one point he is uh, signing an autograph for someone, <laughs> and he cannot get this person's name right. <laughs> They're like, he's like, "What's your name, Alex?" He's like, "Matthew." <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> then he throws this a person named Angel. How and for some reason, Alex he could not get this person's name right. He's like, Andrew? Listen. I listen A- Angus? <laughs> Andy? <laughs> Angel? Uh, Anthony? <laughs> listen. It sounded like he said Andrew to me at first. Yes. Yeah, somebody else had to tell him <laughs> whose name it was. Yeah, Like Bro, another person was... came over and was like, no, Angel. <laughs> He was struggling <laughs> with those names. Hearings as bad as mine. <laughs> but he, there's one point where he took a picture with two women, and you realize you found who one of those women was. Yeah. Another local tie in to this, it was actually, and I took a, a screenshot and I sent it to you, and then I went on Twitter just to make sure to see if anyone else noticed it. And Twitter came up clutch for me with Ricky Ricardo and again, Francine, ECW Francine. This was before she was obviously involved in that company. Francine and somebody else, like I guess it was her mother or maybe sister or someone like that, maybe a friend, were posing with Lex Luger. And the only reason I knew or, or thought it was her was because she was on the opposite side of the camera. So she was on Lex's right, and the camera was back. So she you had a good shot of her face, and her hair was long, and it just looked exactly like her. So I'm like, nah, like there's no way. Come on. So I went on Twitter, and somebody had tweeted at her asking her if she was in the WWE Network video, if she met Lex Luger in 93 and whatever. And she's like, yep, that was me. I mean, would she lie about that? I don't Probably not. Uh, for what reason and, yeah and it looks exactly like her so i'm like holy crap sounds like her too like she, you could hear her say like you know before they pose for a picture you could hear her talk so it definitely was crazy to me and i'm like holy crap so i took a screenshot and i sent it to you and i was just like man that's francine so i don't even know where that was was that in philly like i don't even know i think like, it was in new york which obviously no. isn't that far away no because we we had the i mean he did a lot of stuff in New York uh, in these six weeks. But I w- I'm wondering because this was part of that autograph signing thing. And, you know, it was after they aired it after his radio interview from New York. So maybe it was the same day. Who knows? Maybe this all this footage is from the same day. But I thought it was really interesting. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, in the first 20 minutes, I was seeing Ricky Ricardo and Francine. How about that? You just finding everybody who's on the show. <laughs> everybody, you know, you just look. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate yeah. the the sleuthing that you were taking part in. You really dove deep. 
<laughs> for this podcast. You know what? I should have tweeted Francine. Maybe I'll tweet her and ask her like if they talked or whatever and what he was saying about the whole Lex Express. If he was like, man, get me out of here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did read some Help. things that he wasn't uh, he wasn't thrilled to you know, be on the bus for that long and that he would actually go to hotels and stuff. And we actually do see him at a hotel later on and we'll talk about that. But, um, man, it was just hilarious to watch him just kind of like at some points it just seemed like he was struggling through these appearances. And this seemed like one of them. I mean, to be honest, I mean, this is Lex Luger's first time doing a lot of this probably. I mean, he was a heel in WWF until that point. And NWA, they didn't have as much promotional stuff to do like they did in WWF I'm sure especially at that scale you know New York big cities like that I mean they I'm sure they did some stuff but they didn't have New York um so or that you know east northeastern part of the United States and those big markets like Philly DC you know New York and Boston and stuff like that so this is probably brand new to him in some respects so mm-hmm. you know maybe he wasn't ex- you know quite experienced enough or ready for it and as you see, what's your name? <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Andrew? Angel. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> like, anything else? I will say, I think if, if you guys go watch that and you, you watch that part, you'll probably think he says Andrew at first, too. Because that's what I I'm not going to lie. I thought he said Andrew as well, but it's just the fact that Lex just kept getting it wrong. <laughs> he made it hilarious. He's just like, Andrew? Andrew. And then once he goes from... Alex from Matthew to Alex I lost it I was like that's yeah. too, that's too funny like how do you get that wrong I could see Andrew and Angel but Alex and Matthew like come on he said Alex no Matthew oh my bad <laughs> come on Lex this is what you're going to be doing for the next like 40 days you yeah, gotta get right. you gotta get used to this um after he signed some autographs now Lex is just like left to his own devices <laughs> and he's just being like I, I said he's being a silly goose he's just talking to the cameraman <laughs> having fun with him he he you know he takes a look at the, the food spread they had available for you know everybody there this, this is what i wrote down for that he was a food snob he was he absolutely was, a food snob <laughs> none of the food was healthy enough for the for the narcissist <laughs> like luger he's like greasy pasta greasy chicken oh broccoli okay Greasy this. Oh, rice? Nope. Can't do that. It's like, damn. He was like, there's a healthy food, but then he was like, it tastes bad, though. It's like, well, then, let's shut up, Lex. Like, come on. <laughs> How much healthy food tastes good? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. And then I found it funny at the end of it, the Vince McMahon comes up, hey, big boy, I'm going to head out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, dude that took me aback i was just laughing i was like oh my god i don't that, that's the type of thing where vince is probably like okay we're still filming like oh, whatever <laughs> he's just like all right well i'm out <laughs> gotta greet your future champion man hey big boy i'm gonna head out now that's what i wrote i wrote all right big boy i'm taking off <laughs> yeah yeah taking off like vince, vince this is your event why are you taking off <laughs> all right I guess, I mean, look, Vince has got a lot of people, and let's, let's be real here, a lot of professionals doing this type of stuff, so I guess he didn't have to be there. He's got people on site that know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. It's not like Vince is there setting up chairs and organizing everything, you know. He's got 
professionals underneath him that can do that type of stuff. So, but still, it still looked kind of weird. He left <laughs> before Lex Luger did. <laughs> but whatever. It's um, like leaving Saudi now, Arabia before everyone. Oh, touchy subject for some of them wrestlers, boy. Oh. <laughs> Vince just hops on his private jet <laughs> and goes, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, they're trying to do what? <laughs> oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> he said, peace. <laughs> right, he's out of there. Now we transition to Lex at a hotel. And who do we spot? None other than the, as Jim Cornette would call him, the artful Dodger, Bruce Pritchard, and some ugly ass suspenders. And Ty, what in the hell was Bruce Pritchard wearing in this awful uh, outfit? He wasn't even Brother Love. He was just no. Bruce Pritchard. And it was like, what? Bro, you better off looking like Brother Love right now. It was terrible. And, but they're at a hotel. And Lex is wearing yet another American flag shirt with American flag pants. And I wrote here that he violated so many flag regulations and laws with these outfits. <laughs> Because technically, you're not supposed to do that to the American flag. Mm-mm. But everybody does it anyway. No one mm-hmm. you know, gets arrested, obviously. But by the letter of the law, you're not supposed to do all that type of stuff with the flag, technically. But they're walking into a hotel, and Bruce is the one who said that Lex was up for 36 hours straight, which is wild. This man was working hard. That's ridiculous. Was that? That's ridiculous. It's 30, a, it's a lot, man. Look, Thirty-six hours. Get out of here with that. You don't believe it? No, I'm saying like they should have made him do that if that was true. Oh yeah. It's like let him get they rest. Were trying to, like, come on. They're trying to they're trying to get him over, man. And it, look, that's a as much as we can say. Oh, Lex didn't get over. Lex didn't get over, and we can blame Lex for that. He he was put in a tough spot, man. Like like you said, he's on his bus for a bunch of days, and that's some pressure on him to. You know, they're handing you, they're doing everything they can, they're throwing everything at you to get over. And you got to deliver. There's probably some pressure with that. It's probably very lonely because <laughs> he's on this bus mm-hmm. with like two or three other people. Uh, you know, he had a wife and kids at the time. Mm-hmm. So just away from his family, which I'm sure he probably would have been away from him anyway because WWE's schedule was crazy. But still, just on the bus, you know, and it was a, that's a lot. It's a lot of work you put in. You know, at the whims of Vince McMahon to be the number one guy. It didn't work out, but it definitely wasn't for a lack of effort on Lex Luger's part. Uh, but now we get a tour of his bus with a media member. I don't know who this person was, but it looks like she's doing an audio tour or whatnot. Uh, and the bus, naturally, because everything that Lex Luger wears is red, white, and blue. Well, the bus... It's got to be red, white, and blue, too. It's got red, white, and blue pillows, towels, curtains, even bunk beds. What? <laughs> sheets. Red, white, and blue, stars and stripes, sheets, and bunk beds. <laughs> what? Like, does people really have to see that on on the bus? Like, I can see it, the bus is wrapped in it, but the bus on the inside, it didn't need all that. But it, it had it, and it looked awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, not... not so. uh... Yeah, and there were quite a few bug beds there too. So I'm like, damn, like, how many people stayed on that bus? You know, like, right? That's ridiculous. I'm sure the cameraman stayed with them. Uh, it looks like, like I said, he, like he probably had a handler, like a maybe somebody who could help him, you know, through the, all the appearances and whatnot right. he was making. 
uh, photographer. So it's probably like three or four other people with him. And that's like I said, it's lonely, but you know, not he wasn't by himself the whole time. But it's still just a he's still he's the guy on this trip. It's not like you know he's got his peers with him. As, as much as I don't want to downgrade the photographer and the the videographer, but there's no other wrestlers with him on that bus. I'm sure it's just him. So he's the one doing all this stuff. So it's probably I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not gonna speak for the man, but I would not be surprised if he got if he felt kind of alone and all that. Like it's just it just looked odd. I just yeah. I'm pretty sure it was odd for him. Yeah. It'd be odd for anybody. It was odd for me watching. Right. <laughs> like I don't want to say I felt bad for him because he's getting a push of a lifetime. But it, I can see if it if it wore him on him after a while. I mean, it, he was on the damn thing for 45 days. And I remember putting after that whole tour thing, next thing I put is that he did his absolute best with fans. Like, I, as much as I say he, he was boring as a baby face, he, and I, I warmed up to him by the, the, the middle part of this. I was yeah. like, you know what? He wasn't quite as boring because he was actually interacting with people. He was high-fiving, smiling, signing autographs. And in the beginning, I, he came off to me as bland. But the more I watched of this, I was like, you know what? He's actually pretty good with people one-to-one. Uh, he did what he could. He played he played his role. Did he play it to the best? You know, was he the best guy at that in that spot? Was he Hulk Hogan? Was he The Rock? Was he Steve Austin? No, but he was doing what he could. I tell you that because you know every time he went somewhere, there was a bunch of people there that wanted to see him, and they were excited to see him, and especially in those small towns where they don't get celebrities coming through very often. And he visited some small towns uh, on this trip. Uh, you know, where again, TV stars don't come through very often, and neither do black people in some of these towns. Like <laughs> when he was in that mall, whatever it was, and there was a line of people. I didn't see one, not one black person in that line. I'm, I just had to point that out. Well, you you make a good point uh, about him being good with the people, because I did note that uh, there was, I guess, an autograph signing somewhere, and there were two little kids, both with shirts on, that. You could tell that it was they made themselves or their parents help, and they had like that color glue or whatever it is. And one said like Lex Luger, WWF champ, or something like that. And and he was like showing them off to the camera. He's like, yeah, show show them to the camera. And the kid was kind of confused because he didn't know what was going on. So Lex kind of like helped him and was like telling the camera to get a picture of the kid with the shirt and everything like that. I thought that was pretty cool because he kind of went, you know, it wasn't just like a autograph and goodbye. He was like kind of showing the kids shirts off and he was really good with them and i as a kid who has met wrestlers before as like you know six-year-old seven-year-old whatever that means a lot because i do remember those experiences and and knowing that everyone who's in the same line that i am wants to see the same person i do and i know we have a limited amount of time if they make you feel important and like you're worthwhile of standing in that line. It's just a really cool feeling. So it doesn't matter how old I was. I always felt that way. And I think these kids were probably like four or five, something like that. So yeah. who's, who's to say they remember that, but I thought it was cool to see. I'm sure they do remember, especially if they got pictures, you know, that they stayed yeah. over the years. Uh, you know, how many times do you meet pro wrestler? You know, I feel like yeah. I, if I was four or five, I'd remember that. You know, as much as I could, you know, obviously four or five, your memory isn't sharp as a tack, but I think that would be something I would remember. The time I met Lex Luger in a small town mall in 1993. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but next, we transition to him doing a commercial, it looks, for <laughs> Continental Cablevision. Because he's trying to promote SummerSlam on his cable system, and he's at his desk, and there's a kid running the camera for some reason. It looks like a kid. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like, I don't know that, how old this girl was. She could have been a full-grown woman, but she didn't look like it. I tell you that. Um, I thought she was a kid, too. Right. He's <laughs> like, what's this kid running this big, expensive camera for? They're teaching this kid in, like, grade school how to use this thing? Like, it looked like a high school or college type of thing, but she looked like she was, like, 12. <laughs> um, but for those that are wondering, you, know, you probably wonder, what the hell is Continental Cablevision? <laughs> this is back in the early 90s where you had more cable systems than just, like, Xfinity, Verizon, and maybe Cox. <laughs> like, and I know some people don't know Cox. Is, that's, I think that's a cable system down in the south. Um, or Time Warner Cable. That's another one uh, yeah. out there. But you used to have a bunch of those out in the 90s, like smaller ones. Like yeah. I remember we had, uh, when I was a kid, we had Pop Vision, I think it was mm. called. Um, and there was a couple other ones I can't remember that we had at some point when I was a kid, but I vividly remember Pop Vision. I think it was called Pop Vision. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. But um, Mine was, uh, when I moved to Jersey, it was Suburban Cable. For a while, there you go. Uh, suburban cable, and uh, I don't remember what we had in Philly, because I, I had moved when we were s- when I was six, so I don't remember. But suburban cable, just because uh, we got like that pay per view brochure every single month, and their logo was slapped right on it, <laughs> and I always remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just different type of cable systems that was around in the nineties um, that just don't exist anymore they got gobbled up by different uh you know cable cable providers um massive ones you know stuff like that including this continental cable vision one that apparently got a that merged with another cable system uh for 5.3 billion dollars in cash and stock and an assumption of 5.6 billion dollars in debt it was merged with mm. u.s west in 1996 after 33 years in operation and according this is all according to their site they still have a site up that's updated <laughs> to this day talking about the history of the the company apparently <laughs> and i found this and it says by 1996 they went 7.2 million homes and provided service to set 4.2 million basic subscribers so and they were the third, they be, at one point were the third largest cable systems operator in the country, according to them. Wow. You know. So, but while Lex Luger was there, he was messing up his lines a lot <laughs> <laughs> and made everybody laugh. So, you know, that's good, I guess. Could not remember the date. How do you forget the date? Oh, for the SummerSlam? Yeah. Oh, he did, right? He yeah. got the date wrong, right? He stopped mid-promo and then had to look down and then waited look, another, like, five seconds. I was like, August 30th. <laughs> this is probably, like, day 22 for him. Uh, whatever. <laughs> he don't know what day it is. Remember, <laughs> you, can, you know what SummerSlam is? Come on. Nah, he's like, is it Tuesday? What day is it right now? Like, <laughs> these days are running together. That's how I feel right now in the pandemic. It's like, what day is it? Like, <laughs> But you you got to remember August 30th. You know, it's August 30th. I guess. I'm sure he... For him, he said it enough in his interviews that he should have probably remembered it. Yeah. I'll give you that much. And it was a, to me, I just thought day. it was funny because he stopped and then looked down and then went through the rest of it. And then, you know, 
brought his head up. <laughs> Everyone I mean, started. You know what happens? Like, like you try to remember something you're trying to say, and then you, well, you got something in the back of your mind, but then you got to re- yeah. remember something new. Yeah, you I'll, try to I'll, remember that so much, now you forget what you already had in your mind. Listen, <laughs> you listen. Gotta, I've what done day it. was it again? Damn. <laughs> I've done it, and I will always laugh at myself for it, and I will always laugh at others for the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But now we're back on the road with Lex Luger. We're back on the road, and we're on the bus with Lex, and he's just hanging out, and he's talking about the supplements he takes <laughs> while he's on the road. Love and, of course, the supplement he took the most was IcoPro. <laughs> remember IcoPro? Like, oh, of course, I mean, I've find it hilarious he's like but a lot of people ask me if i actually take this stuff of course i do <laughs> of course okay okay <laughs> of course he did and i remember <laughs> uh bruce purchase saying it tasted awful but yeah. lex loved it he showed how he mix it together what his pre-workout you know protein shake was they even had, had protein bars blender yeah they even had protein bars top hat and late one during a mania episode probably disgusting he was he, he was talking with his mouth full <laughs> it just cracked me up <laughs> he probably spit that thing out when they went out there <laughs> right after yep and he's like yeah this is great yeah and we're out <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because like looking back i thought this whole like pro thing was done in like 92 but no it was going strong in summer of 93 wasn't it to like into like ninety four, ninety five even? Because so, I, I feel like, like I remember that. seeing those signs up like yeah. into the mid nineties. Yeah, like those banners up in the uh, the rafters of shows. Because I'm sure that's what people know IcoPro as, like those banners that were yeah. up in the rafters all the time. <laughs> it was an actual thing. It was a supplement that WWE started when they started the World Bodybuilding Federation. Neither went anywhere. <laughs> that's a whole podcast in itself. I'm sure we're not going to dig into that too much. Mm. But neither actually Lex Luger was brought in, funny enough, to kind of get the World Bodybuilding Federation off the ground. He was like yeah. the the main guy. He was like yeah. the centerpiece of it. And it just never went anywhere. So Yeah, I think uh yeah. he got hurt and then he couldn't even do the WBF and then so they decided, all right, let's just make him the face of WWF. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. Um it's just like every adventure that Vince McMahon gets into outside of wrestling just falls in his face yeah, as an aside like, how about the news with the rock buying xfl how so, about it got the keys yeah, to, to the, the ownership the symbolic keys to the ownership so uh that you mentioned like everything vince mcmahon does just doesn't seem to go anywhere except wwf let's see what the rock does with uh, xfl a real life ballers episode the rock and his ex-wife i should say Danny Garcia, who's yeah. also his business manager. Like, how much of a bag did she secure? <laughs> By, yeah, we get divorced, but The Rock was like, you can still run my business, you know, be my manager. She's like, all right, I'm going to build this empire for you. Maybe that was a good cool. prenup. <laughs> Look, I don't know how what went down, whether there's alimony involved or uh, a prenup, I but yeah. I won't speculate. She, but. she, for one, she was super talented on her own. She was yes. already at Merrill Lynch before she even met The Rock. Yep. So I'm not going to discount her at all. Obviously, she knows she's doing. That's why The Rock is such a big star now. Like that didn't happen by accident. She knows what she's doing, but still, she was playing chess when other people be playing check checkers. I'm just saying, like she she's making moves, bro. She knows what she's doing. So mm-hmm. shout out to her. Salute to her, Danny Garcia as well. Um, who, by the way, The Rock and Danny Garcia's daughter is in WWE right now. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I know they're Simone, uh, Simone Johnson. Train, yeah. 
Yeah, it's training at the Performance Center. So, another interesting nugget. But uh, back on the road again with Lex Luger. On the road again. This time in Pennsylvania. We just see him cross over the state line. And that was it. I don't remember them doing anything in Pennsylvania besides <laughs> just drive through it, apparently. Well, there was... Uh... Well, yeah, I don't know about this this footage, but in the in the uh, I wish they had some footage of when they were in Philly uh, that they aired during this part because it's in the "I'll Be Your Hero" uh, music video, but we didn't see any of that here. So I was just like, man, come on, like I want to see them out front of the spectrum, but right. whatever. Obviously, if you got Lex Luger, you know, just dripping in red, white, and blue, you got to bring him to the place where the country started, right? Philly. I mean, come on. He's got to pose in front of the Liberty Bell and flex his muscles <laughs> right, and whatnot. Exactly. So he's got to do all that. You know, that's part of the gig. Uh, what What's a weird part of the gig though was him being interviewed by a guy in a sailor outfit in Milwaukee <laughs> for a, I guess it was a kids show. <laughs> I don't Captain know. Captain Algae. Yeah, that was odd, bro. Like it was weird. The, the, so you remember what he looks like if you like. Just think in your head. You, can you remember what he looks like? Who, Captain Algae or yeah, Lex? Captain Algae. He looked like the guy at the beginning of SpongeBob, where they do like the well, painting with the mouth moving. Uh, and it's like, in, oh, in in real life, in real life. I I have no idea. He looks like Kenny Omega to me. <laughs> I didn't look at him that closely, but now I got to look back. <laughs> yeah, that's the. First, I was like, wait, no, nah, like Kenny Omega would have been too young for that, but. It was almost a spitting image, and at least a side view. What if it was Kenny Omega? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Captain Algae. That'll be his new gimmick. Captain Algae. What a what a what a thing. Uh, I wrote here that Lex had yet another awful outfit on because this is just <laughs> a series of awful outfits for Lex. Like, wow, whoever is dressing. I think Vince McMahon picked out all his outfits. Yeah, you know it. You know it. There's no way Lex was actually. Like, yeah, this is dope. Like, I want to wear this. Like, no, there's no way. He actually had I a whole wardrobe it. on in, in the uh, closet of the bus. But he didn't let us see that. <laughs> it's all the same. It wouldn't have been, like, <laughs> some big, like, uh, you know, changes amongst the wardrobe. It would have been, like, red, white, and blue shirt, red, white, and blue socks, <laughs> red, white, and blue underwear. <laughs> like, American flag, toothbrush. Like, it would have been all the same. Like, it, no, yeah. it, was, it was awful. Yeah. All right, now, another transition. He's at a radio station in Detroit, what was known then as WLLZ 98.7. It is now known as 106.7. I looked that up. Yes, me too. Uh, me too. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We're on the same page. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's there with another terrible American flag shirt. Uh, and he's talking about the SummerSlam card. And this interviewer, I, this interviewer was not good. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I wanted to, like, just kind of punch him a little bit. He was bad. He was annoying me. What about this? What's with this one, two, three kid? Or this kid one, two, three. <laughs> it's kid, like, what's with this guy? He said the kid one, two, three. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what's with him? Like, what do you mean what's with him? What, does that ask your question? And the funniest part of that to me was Lex's response. Because he said, he, yeah, he looks so ordinary, but... <laughs> <laughs> In a business where X-Pac. people look out of the ordinary, but yeah, he's got talent. Like, come Meanwhile, on, what? in real life, Sean Walton's like 6'2", <laughs> <laughs> but he was small compared to everybody else. You yeah, know, Lex Luger's like 6'5", uh, 270, yeah, jacked to the gills. Yeah. And 
Sean Walton was a beanpole connect next to him. Like, <laughs> it looked like olive oil next to Lex. So <laughs> I guess what's, what's with this kid? One, two, three. Like can't even get his name right. Art Donovan. Come on. <laughs> the kid. One, two, three. I, I, I couldn't, but I just laughed. I was like, really? Oh my God. It's like, they heard this interview. It's like, you know what would be good for King of the Ring 1994? Art Donovan. Yep. <laughs> How much does he weigh? Who is this guy? <laughs> Did you guys ever do <laughs> stuff like that in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> you ever do that? We throw a punch? Yeah, I did, actually. A lot of punches. Um, <laughs> It was funny that in his interview, Lex talked about the steel plate in his arm, which is factual. Mm-hmm. Lex literally had a steel plate in his arm. I forget how he got it. But, it's uh, a motorcycle accident, I think, right? That's not, right. Not right. I thought it was yeah. that. I just didn't want to say it and be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, when he was ready for that BW, WBF thing, and then that's right. what made him injured. Right. So I don't and know if uh, – I guess that messed up his whole training regimen. So he's like, wow, we can't come in the BWF. WB, I keep saying BWF. Uh, the WBF. <laughs> Looking like what that, is Lex. <laughs> Either way, um, it was smart for WWF to make it a heel thing. I mean, yeah. If Ace Cowboy Bob Orton could wear a cast he- for 17 years and use it as his, a weapon, then why can't Lex use the steel plate in his arm? Dude, he attacked Bret Hart the morning of like WrestleMania 9 at like their <laughs> brunch or whatever. And he, I don't remember if they showed footage of that on the pay-per-view, but I remember like on the weekend TV shows, they were talking about it. It's like Lex Luger attacked Bret Hart and with the, his elbow or whatever. And they might have mentioned it on the pay-per-view, but it's like, yeah, like clearly. And he beat Mr. Perfect with it at WrestleMania, so it was like the perfect heel thing. And that was like three months before he's the American hero. <laughs> <laughs> three months before. Uh, one thing I noticed that they were talking about Yokozuna on his interview, and Lex mentioned that Le- Yoko, because he was obviously a big man, he was a large man, he had to buy two coach seats because he could not fit in first class. Mm. It's like, damn, that was a that was a rough that was kind of rough to hear. Yeah. Uh, so, but after that, we got some awful jokes from these radio hosts. It's just. Terrible. These guys, I did. These are the worst interviewers on this thing. They were awful. <laughs> they were not funny. They were not good. They asked terrible questions. Uh, just typical radio voice kind of guys. I just didn't like them. But um, now we're in cool. Auburn Hills, which was of course uh, the site. So I want to add in. Oh, go ahead. Onto that, the the one radio host that they they went to after like the kid one two three one. Uh, I guess was he British? Like he had an accent, but I couldn't tell what it was, and I couldn't find out who yeah. it was. And uh, to me, he looked like Jeff Jarrett. Did you get that kind of? I did, but that was <laughs> that was in Flint, Michigan. Yes, 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 yes. So but the bef- uh, before that, it, though, they were in Auburn Hills, Michigan. No, this was after. Really? I mean, I this could, was I the the stir- Auburn Hills was after that. I thought I wrote this in order. I'm writing this down. I thought I wrote this in order. <laughs> oh well. Well, I got, that's I did, how I got it. I got after the interview in Detroit, they're in Auburn Hills, where SummerSlam was. It's the Palace in Auburn Hills, 
He's cutting a promo outside the building, and he takes his shirt off, and he flexes his muscles, and yeah, I'm, I got muscles. You like them? So, there you go. But, funny thing about the Palace in Auburn Hills was that it only opened in 1988, so pretty much a year before I was born, and it was just demolished already on July 11th of, of this year. Oh, wow. Like, the building wasn't even, was barely 30 years old, or a little yeah. over 30. And it's already gone. Like, why did yeah. it, I don't understand how that just came and went so fast. And now, them, the Pistons, who played in Auburn Hills, uh, at the Palace in Auburn Hills, and now the Red Wings, they now play in the same arena, in Little Caesars Arena. I think it's in downtown, downtown yeah. Detroit. Uh, the Red Wings played in Joe Lewis Arena back in the day. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, the Pistons played in the Palace in Auburn Hills. But, yeah, it's like, you don't see that too often where the arena is like 30-some-odd years old and it's just... Not only is it it's not in use anymore, it's gone. Like, it's demolished. Yeah. Like, the spectrum lasted almost or over 40 years before they demolished it. And it's, it's only because, I mean, obviously they built another building next to it, but I don't know. I felt like they didn't renovate it. They didn't, they just like, no, we want a building. I guess because it was in the suburbs. Yeah. And they wanted a building in downtown Detroit, but they just flat out demolished that thing. So, Brian, I found that I, interesting. I love that name, the Palace of Auburn Hills. There, there's certain class to that. I love that. There is. Except when Ron Artest starts you know, jumping into the stands and <laughs> Malice at the Palace. people. I mean, look, not Ron Ar- I don't really I don't want to get on Ron Artest about that because the fans definitely throwing stuff at him. So yeah. but yeah, that was that was not a great day in, in the history of the palace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um or he's not even Ron Artest anymore, it's Meta War Peace now. Yeah. Gotta get his name right. But um but now, like, in my, according to my notes, this is when we go to the British interview with the British gentleman uh-huh. here, who you say looks like Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yeah. Looks like current day Jeff Jarrett, I should say. Not, not the. <laughs> Damn. Not, not. I don't. I didn't mean that as an insult. I mean, like, uh, you know, not the long blonde hair, clean shaven Jeff Jarrett that we saw right. like in the mid '90s. But um, I, the main part of this interview, I love with. But, without the camera moving back and forth, which is really f- annoying. Um, he actually, th- this radio host brought up the narcissist character, and he was just kind of like, weren't you like, you know, the narcissist or something like that? And Lex was like, yeah, and I still have like kind of some of those qualities, but you kind of have to. And, you know, you work out like me or whatever, and you look to look like this, you kind of need to have that. So I thought it was different because none of the other hosts really brought that up. And this host was like, yeah, weren't you like the narcissist? <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, weren't you just hit people over the head with yeah. a steel plate in your arm not that long ago? And it's so funny you know? to hear him, like, respond. He's like, yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm, you know, go America. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all that matters. So, think funny thing about Flint, Michigan, it's not really funny at all, actually, but just recently, the city reached a settlement with, um, I'm trying to think who they reached a settlement with. They reached a settlement with, uh, Michigan, the state of Michigan, for $600 million to more than 33000 victims of the flint water crisis remember that was a thing people kind of kind of forgot about that but that was a that was awful that they had pretty much poisoned water for a long ass time that just went un like just no Uh, one really did anything about for a long time and thirty-three thousand people 
uh, more than 33,000 people in Flint uh, will get essentially, I guess, reparations, so to speak. Like, you know, obviously, whatever, how much money they get, they're going to get something. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't make up for the fact that these people were damaged or right. hurt, you know, by this awful water that they had to, you know, deal with for a long time. But, uh, yeah, Flint, Michigan, going through a lot of things uh, throughout its history, especially over the last, I don't know, 30 years or so. Yeah. Um, but back to back to Lex Luger and his interview in Flint, Michigan. Um, he was taking calls at some point, and one of them, I guess, asked him about his football career. And I didn't know this until he said it, but he apparently played for the Packers at one point. And I had to look into it because you know, big no, you did. Head, I gotta, yep. I gotta find out <laughs> what he did. So I didn't know. It was frustrating, Luger, by the way, that we couldn't hear the questions on the air because the camera was not connected to the callers so it, we kind of had to figure out the questions like you said we kind of had to decipher what they were talking about i did write that down it was kind of weird to only hear one half of these conversations but you just hear lex luger's responses you don't hear the, the caller mm-hmm. but i didn't know that lex luger had originally attended penn state before he transferred to the miami i didn't know he went to penn state in uh-huh. miami for football he was there on football scholarships. And he went from Penn State to Miami because he didn't want to change positions at Penn State. So he goes to Miami, <laughs> goes to the U, and played with Jim Kelly, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, but he got kicked off the football team because he apparently trashed a hotel room, I think. Not great. So then he finds his way to the Canadian Football League. Oh, wow. And he signs up with the defending Grey Cup champion, Montreal Alouettes. That is right up your alley. And... Say that one more time. That is right up your alley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is right up my alley. And actually, I don't know if they're the defending champions or not. I'll take that back. But uh, <laughs> Probably not. Montreal stinks. But he was on a team <laughs> in Montreal that played in the 1979 Grey Cup. Oh. How about that? They lost, though. They lost to the Edmonton. Uh, of they the, did. Now they're all known as the Edmonton Football Club, but not the, <laughs> the, like, the Washington football team. They're changing their name. Right. They're formerly known as the Eskimos. Now they're changing it. Uh, they won five straight great cups around this point. So Montreal didn't get any. So after that, he goes to the NFL. He's with the Packers. Never plays in the game. He spent one season on IR. It was, you know, it wasn't a great time. But one interesting thing I noticed was that he was the last person to ever wear number sixty-six for the Packers. Because after he got cut by them in 1983, they retired it because that was Ray Nitschke's number. <laughs> so for whatever reason, they hadn't retired it until he got cut. But he's the last person to mean, wear 66 for the Packers. Are we sure it's not because it was Lex Luger's number that they retired it? I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he wasn't done, though, with football after he got cut by the Packers. Then he went to the United States Football League. The USFL, hmm. which was you know pretty good in the 80s until it was ruined by our current commander-in-chief. <laughs> um, but he played for the Memphis Showboats, Tampa Bay Bandits, and the Jacksonville Bulls. Oddly enough, he was actually, when he was with the Tampa Bay Bandits, one of his teammates was Ron Simmons. Oh. Who, of course, Ron Simmons is a legendary football player, especially at Florida State. And, of course... Uh, a 
former world heavyweight champion, tag team champion, and WWE Hall of Famer. So how about that? Hmm. Interesting. I did not Lex know Luger, that. An extensive football career before he turned wrestler. So, hmm. but back on the bus we are. We're back on the bus. No more interviews, at least for now. And he's playing cards with someone. Don't know who, but he's playing cards. And then for some reason, this was odd to me. I found this really odd. He's lying on the couch, sleep on the bus, <laughs> hugging an American flag pillow. Of course, because why not? And the camera just kind of creeps up on him and it shoots him while he's sleeping. <laughs> For it's like whether uncom- this was uncomfortable, uncomfortably long time. Yeah, it just it, it was lasted a really long time. Whether this was like a uh, a scripted thing or who is actually sleeping real or not it was creepy <laughs> like i was uncomfortable yeah like it lingered <laughs> far too long and i understand they want to get the shot so sometimes you kind of linger longer than you have to just make sure you get the shot but like like 30 seconds is enough and they did it for yeah like three minutes or something like, honestly 10 seconds was too long like yeah. why you had to get him sleeping because he's, he's hugging that, the American that part flag. was in like, that part was in that i'll be your hero i, I do remember that yes. but it's like come on dude like we don't need five minutes worth of this <laughs> i vividly remember that that shot of him sleeping on the bus in slow motion um from that video but it's like either they saw him sleeping and was like hey this is a good shot let's get the cameras out and shoot it <laughs> or they set it up and they worked it to where it's like, all right, well, let's get you like you you, you constantly love America, right? <laughs> Even in your sleep, you're just dreaming about how great America is. So let's say you're sleeping on the couch and you're hugging the pillow. You're just soundly, peacefully sleeping. That's a good shot, right? And Alexa's is like, whatever, dude, I'll just do whatever. Like I'm on this bus already. Like I'm just getting yeah, here to get paid, fam. He, <laughs> like, prob- he probably fell asleep for real because they were there so damn long. <laughs> just lingered on him for too long. He starts snoring. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. So, that would definitely be me. It, it was odd. It was really odd to see. Uh, another thing that was odd to see. This was honestly disgusting. There at the rest stop. <laughs> it's late at night. And the bus driver. Oh, man. It's got a ladder and he's cleaning off the windshield, which is Full of dead bugs, like <laughs> infested with dead bugs. Did they, did they never clean this thing ever? Did they not ever use the windshield wipers or nothing? This thing was full of bugs, and they zoom in on them real close. They got the light on them. Yeah. It was disgusting. It was uh, definitely just as weird because they zoomed in, like you said, they zoomed in on the dead bugs, and it's like what what why do we need to see that <laughs> like is that gonna be in the i'll be your hero video like come on <laughs> <laughs> right why was this shot like what purpose did this serve this uh, yeah there's there's bugs they, there'd be a lot of bugs too like that's what do people need to see that <laughs> no I, I guess the bus driver got his shine like yeah yeah true that was his moment he got a shine later off. though too so uh, we'll see. I don't remember what you're talking about, but I'm sure you'll remind me. <laughs> you refresh my memory. But yeah, that was nasty. Um, so then the Lex Express pulls through Sturgis, South Dakota, and the bike rally. Is it South Dakota? 
Yeah. The Sturgis? Yep. Okay. Just making sure that I, cause I, <laughs> I typed it in just to make sure it says Sturgis, Michigan. I was like, what? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> There's multiple towns called Sturgis? Sturgis, New Jersey. What? <laughs> what? Um, but Sturgis, South Dakota, which is where that massive bike rally is, motorcycle rally is, which is funny. It's like I, I just thought about this when I was watching this, right? I would not know anything about that bike rally if it wasn't for WCW. Same. <laughs> like, I instantly knew what that thing was. Like, oh, that's a Sturgis rally. And I started by, like, why do I know that? And it's like, I don't follow motorcycle stuff at all. I'm not into that, you know, lifestyle. Like, if you are, good for you. But I just, I've never been into it. But damn, WCW, that's the only reason why I know about it. Yeah, same same with me. Even in '96, I think with their first Hogwild event, and they kept talking about Sturgis, uh, Sturgis, Sturgis, and just the whole motorcycle rally and stuff. And I would have not known anything about that. And I think they even have Sturgis spelled out in like the hill above the area or whatever, kind of like Hollywood has the Hollywood sign. Like Sturgis has like a Sturgis spelled out. I don't know if it's technically a sign or just stuff that spells out Sturgis. But I vividly remember that. So now I know whenever anyone says Sturgis, I know exactly what they're talking about. Right. It's so it's so odd, right? <laughs> like I feel like like I said, me, black person, from the hood, not into motorcycles, I would know nothing about this bike rally. <laughs> if it wasn't for WCW. So thank you, WCW, <laughs> I guess. And now AEW with Chris Jericho performing. How about that? Funny you mentioned that. Because, as you just said, Jericho was out there with his band Fozzie at this bike rally where there's like 450,000 people, according to Chris Jericho. <laughs> I'm sure none of which were wearing masks because these are stubborn older people who, if they went, they're probably not wearing masks. Because you, if you really right. want to you know, be careful, you don't go to an event like that. But, you know, South Dakota, you probably say, why does South Dakota, why does Sturgis still have the event? Well, how many times are you going to Sturgis <laughs> at any point <laughs> of the year? That's, I'm sure that's the biggest tourism time of the year. Yeah. So for that town survival, they're like, we got to have this event. But, you know, if it's me, I'm not going. So, but, you know, they still had it. And, you know, for it, it was what it was. Jericho has this moment there with his band. And just today, a story comes out that a bunch of people got COVID. <laughs> like, Sturgis, and headline, Sturgis bike rally already linked to multiple coronavirus cases. I'm shocked. Jericho, though, infinite wisdom. And look, I'm a fan of Chris Jericho, but it still doesn't seem the wisest thing to do with this. Tweets out, because somebody tweeted at him, like, oh, wasn't this where he was with his band? And he tweets, seven cases out of 450,000 people? Oh God, it's yeah. like, bro, that's just now. You don't think more can come out of that? <laughs> did you they... see Jerry Briscoe's response? I did not. What did Jerry Briscoe say? Oh, <laughs> I got to see this. Oh. Please. Are you, do you have it pulled yes, up? Yes, but you are in that dangerous bracket. <laughs> dangerous <laughs> age bracket. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry with the top rope elbow. Jerry, if you got a, a the Jerry Briscoe, Hall of Famer, one of, the, one of the greatest of all time. If Jerry Briscoe got to sit you down and be like, Look here, brother. You messing up. <laughs> like, you old, bro. 
you got issues. And I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not saying Jerry Briscoe is stupid or something like that. I'm not saying that. He's not ignorant, nothing like that. But it's just like, this is where we are in 2020. When Jerry Briscoe's got to be like, yo, chill out, yeah. bro. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, it's only seven today. Once they start doing contact tracing, which, full disclosure, my girlfriend does contact tracing now for the city. Mm. And it's her job to really, like, trace where people have been and all that stuff. Uh, when you know with either if they're exposed or if they flat out have it, um, that don't mean that number is not gonna is, is not gonna go up. And also, hello, you could spread it to more yeah. people. Yep. Duh. <laughs> like, oh, only seven people got it. It's fine. Yeah. <sighs> then they, they go to seven more people, and then mm-hmm. they go to seven more people, and then they go to seven more people, and all of a sudden you got a hundred people that got it <laughs> from this <laughs> stupid ass bike rally that no one had to go to. So. I thought that was a um, funny thing to mention. Funny timing for us to talk about it yeah. on this here show as we talk about the Lex Express uh, pulling into Sturgis. He didn't stay in Sturgis at all, really. Like I guess this is not like Lex Luger's scene, and I don't blame him. I do one want, thing I did notice I do wonder if was Eric that there was What'd you say? I do wonder if Eric Bischoff uh, was tipped off about Sturgis because three years later is when they started their pay-per-views there. So I wonder if he knew about it before the, the Lex Express sure went into town. Bischoff is the reason why they were there because he's a big bike guy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the reason why they were even there. So, yeah, Bischoff was all about it. But one thing I did notice was that even though this bus driver cleaned off this damn window <laughs> off of these bugs, there are still, like, multiple bugs on this window just smashed and dead on the window. It's like, bro, you got to clean this off. This looks trifling. <laughs> we got to do better. This looks awful. But the real reason why they're in South Dakota <laughs> isn't because of Sturgis. It's because they wanted to stop by Mount Rushmore. What's more American than that? And the Black Hills of South Dakota stands this mountain where there are four presidents carved into the mountain. You know where the presidents are, Nick, off the top of your head? George Washington, uh, Abraham Lincoln, um... Thomas Jefferson? Was he a president? I don't even remember. John Adams? He, wasn't a, he was a third U.S. president. Yeah. I get three out of four. You've got Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. So, That's a shame. There you go. So, obviously, big American monument, very patriotic and all that. So, naturally, Lex Luger's got to go there. Photo op time. What does he do? Hops on top of the bus, shirtless, and is posing, flexing those muscles, muscles. Just like Hulk Hogan, he had to pose. Lex Luger, get to posing, baby. And he is posing, and people are cheering him on. Yeah! Show it <laughs> off, baby. Woo! And it's like, what? This is odd. <laughs> Lex Luger is a piece of meat now. Yeah, but he wasn't when he was flaunting his muscles when he was a bad guy. It was just odd. It was just odd. <laughs> it just felt odd. Th- like the funny thing to me was he had to be on top of the bus in order to get that shot because if they just ha- they probably tried him on the ground first and they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna need to get up on the bus because uh, it looks so stupid. He was probably so f- f- much further away from the actual Mount Rushmore in the background that they envisioned. So uh, for some reason, I have a feeling that him on top of the bus was not their first plan. Because, I mean, why would that be their first plan? But 
Yeah. Also, him on top of him on top of the bus posing was you also used in that video. Yes. So, they got what they wanted out of it, but what we did not see were the people cheering him on. Like that was odd. Yeah. (laughs) Show off. Give us the back. Give us the back. Oh yeah, there it is. (laughs) What? Okay. And then at this point, we get a bunch of scenic shots. So clearly, they're trying to get, you know, the the scenic shots of of America, Middle America, and him showing him going up and down the road. So we get a bunch of shots in a row of just the camera people parked on the side of the road and the bus slowly driving by. And then you get another one, him just slowly driving by and they, them panning. And some of these shots are great at. I mean, being honest, some of these shots they get some flowers, they get some wildlife, there's horses, there's buffalo. But it's just because this thing is so raw, it's just repetitive. It's just clearly them trying to get these shots over and over again. And we get like three or four of them in a row and it's like all right. <laughs> I guess they just try to get as many as possible. But yeah, it was just it was kind of odd to see all these repetitive scenic shots, but you know, they look nice, I guess. And, but and they were, you know, it was going through a hill at, at some point and the camera had a was kind of following it and then it went right to some animal's ass or whatever for a little bit and then it had to follow him. <laughs> So I was just like, man, like, what is this? <laughs> like, it was on the ass for a good like five, ten seconds. So again, but then it's like, just, yeah, it's just super raw. Yeah, like I couldn't be more raw. Like it's just like you said, they just lingered on a horse's ass for twenty seconds. That's not <laughs> that didn't make it to the, to the music video. No. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh, um, you're here. Right. <laughs> Here's an ass. Uh, somebody was. <laughs> um, you know who was an ass? Lex Luger. I don't know if if this is what you have next, but Lex Luger at that Marriott. But I do not have that next. Okay, we'll get there. What I have next is him in Denver, and I knew this is Denver because the sign in the background said KTVD, and I looked it up. It's a Denver TV station. What I noted was that he was wearing a normal shirt for the first time in this whole thing. Yet, it was still red, white, and blue. (laughs) It didn't have stars and stripes on it, but it was still red, white, and blue. Now, you can take it away with the Marriott. Man, we see like this raw footage of Lex just talking to the cameraman. Uh, I guess he's been waiting 17 minutes and 35 seconds for a room at the the Marriott. He's a platinum marquee member, by the way. And the camera man goes to the employee behind the desk at the hotel and is like, do you have any comment on this? And I'm, just, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God, like, what the hell? And you could tell she's flustered. And just he's she's saying, like, it's not true. <laughs> like, whatever Lex Luger was saying. <laughs> And uh, I, I kind of felt bad for her. You know, I let Lex was kind of being a prick here. And I, I don't know if he was just being good-natured about it or what happened before the cameras started rolling uh, because maybe he was just trying to be funny or something when the camera was on, but he could have been a real prick with it off. Uh, and I just kind of felt bad for this employee. And he even got her boss involved and a supervisor. And was like, yeah, a supervisor came over or whatever. And... Just the, I felt bad for the employee, and 
you could tell that she was flustered and she gave like a big sigh at the end when you know Lex just kept chirping he just kept chirping and she was probably just like oh shut up <laughs> and I just felt bad for her come on Lex you're supposed to be an American hero <laughs> he's still the narcissist <laughs> at the end of the day man <laughs> true that you could take the narcissist out of how does that saying go you could take Lex Luger out of the narcissist character but you can't <laughs> take the narcissist out of Lex Luger right that's not how that goes yeah, I don't go. know I might yeah. have messed that, that up that, no that makes sense okay thank you thank you for that I appreciate your support um look so I'm gonna look at it two ways one Lex was probably really tired He's been on this damn bus for like 35, 40 days at this point. He probably was like, please just get me my room. He probably, <laughs> his patience is probably worn thin. With that said, though, he was giving these people a hard time. Like, <laughs> and they were on camera, and they were laughing. It seemed like they were having a good time, but I can, you can tell, it was still like a little awkward. Like, like ha, 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 okay, please stop rolling right, on this exactly. on camera. Yeah. Please, like, we're just doing our jobs. Like, yeah, we know you're a loyal member and all, but, you know, probably try to Probably try to look for his real name or something. Or, may, hey, or may, maybe Lex have Luger. Lex Luger, Lex Luger doesn't we exist. A, we have a Larry Fole. I think that's his real name, right? <laughs> yeah. PFOHL or something like that, maybe. Yeah. If I just... Yeah, that's who we had I, down here. You know what? If I just came up with that off the top of my head, I'm going to be very, very happy with myself <laughs> yes pfohl look at me yep. okay wow larry full yeah so yeah or lawrence full as it says on wikipedia but either yeah. way it was a uh you know he looked like he was trying to have a good time with it you know he didn't seem like like you said when the cameras are on at least he didn't seem like super angry or nothing like that he was giving him a hard time but he was still kind of joking about it but you know these women they're not you know they're they're just anonymous, normal civilians. They're not here to get even, you know, uh, humorously harassed by Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. They're just here making their, you know, money, trying to pay their bills. Man, they putting in their eight hours of work. They ain't got time for this. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want you to have to wait this long neither. Like, I didn't do this on purpose. Right. Like, here you go with your crew of American flag wearing guys. <laughs> And his big ass camera. I'm sure this camera was gigantic in 1993. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, on this poor guy's shoulder, and they're shooting everything. Like, why do y'all? Sh- why do y'all shoot him checking into a hotel? This kid not. This is supposed to make him look good. I mean, this well, is. You see, they didn't use this in the video. Right. I guess because he waited, good. you know, 17 minutes and 35 seconds. So. Heaven forbid. That's the that's the breaking point. Start shooting right, after 17:35. So, it's just I don't know. I'm just, I understand it probably was like shoot everything. It, it something might be good, but you know this wasn't. <laughs> so, and then it was weird. The cameraman done. just scut- scuttered away and started filming a art piece on the wall. Stupid. I think it was, it was JW Marriott. Yeah, that's what on the wall. It was still <laughs> like, stupid. <laughs> like the actual person, JW Marriott. They're pro- it was like they were so. telling on the two women. To piss me off. It's like leave them alone. Don't go. Don't go to Jade Marriott. <laughs> Even though it was a painting, I'm just trying to be funny. You could tell it's past midnight right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just just for the record, John Willard Marriott Sr. died in 1985. He was about to turn 85 years old. He was born oh. in 1900. So. Oh wow. In case you wanted to know that. 
There you go. That's your Marriott information for the show. Yeah, you literally can uh, listen to us for anything. How about that? Anything. We got it all. We do research around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, back on the road again with Lex Luger. With this time a cameraman on top of the bus. That looked dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. Especially because they went under a bridge. <laughs> under an overpass. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, homeboy is about to get decapitated right now <laughs> on camera. We're about to see a decapitation. Like, they, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> like, like, this is not in the information on WWE.com. This is not in the blurb. Right. Like, oh, by the way, decapitation happens at so-and-so mark. It's like, I, like, he's about to die. And he somehow did not. I was like, whew. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I started seeing the camera whip around and then his feet in the in the shot. And I'm like, what is going on? And then you see the overpass. Like, <laughs> Yo, because hey, sidetrack for a second. February 8th, 2018. What day was that? That was the day of the Eagles parade. Yes. Glorious day for both of us, right? Yes. For me personally, glorious day because I was on the last bus in the parade. We got the last uh. bus. It was the shortest bus. It was the crappiest <laughs> bus. But damn it, we were in it. <laughs> It was. It was. I think I, I, I kind of vaguely remember that we were supposed to get a bigger bus, and it kind of and it broke down. So they brought so us. So they this ordered the bus. they ordered the Lux Express. Pretty much, <laughs> All right. <laughs> so my whole department and like two or three departments are on this one bus, and just all the staff, and we just crammed onto this bus. And it was look, it was still a great time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining at all. It was still a highlight of my life, and I would do it. All over again, same exact way. If we wanted again this year, obviously it probably won't be a parade because of pandemic. But I wouldn't honestly change a thing. But there was one point of the parade early. We're on top of this double decker bus, and we're going through broad, going past Broad and Packer. You know where Chickies and Pizza is. Yeah. And uh, there's an overpass there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> and we had to duck down to not get decapitated on this overpass. <laughs> And everybody did it, and it, I don't know why it was. It, it felt so cool to have to duck down under this overpass because obviously I've never done that before in my life. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never been that high in the air to have to do something like that. But I remember, like, oh, that was so cool. But I'm like, how? Like, did he did not have to do the same thing? Like that bus looked pretty high. <laughs> like it wasn't a double decker, so I guess he had room to spare. But I was scared. <laughs> like, yo, I was like, oh, oh. Oh, oh my god, he didn't die. Woo! <laughs> no decapitations on here. Mm-mm-mm. So, yeah, that was scary. I was scared. But, um, uh, more scenic shots of the Lex Express rolling through the country. It looked like they were they in the Grand Canyon at one point. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even okay. like talk about it, though. That's what I thought it was. I thought I was like, oh, they're at the Grand Canyon. And then they just went to another place. It's like, oh, I guess that's not a point. Right, I figured. <laughs> He would get out and pose in front of the Grand Canyon at some point. It's just like, nope, we're going through here. Bye. <laughs> no more stopping. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, we got Rushmore. That's all we came out here for. <laughs> right. So after the more scenic shots, we're at the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco where Lex Luger, wearing another terrible American flag shirt, is cutting a promo about bringing the World Wrestling Federation Championship back to the good old U.S. of A., where it belongs. Then he's on the bus talking to someone and said he estimated, he's like, yeah, man, I'm on like day 32 or 33 of 45 days. I was just like, damn. Mm. Like, 
that's that's when it hit me. I was like, man, that's that's a lot, man. Yeah, forty five days straight on a bus, essentially by himself. I know, like I said, I know people were around him, but there weren't no other wrestlers around him. It was just staff members, I would assume, um, of WWE and a bus driver. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. And by this point, he's in California. Thirty two days in, so. Um, so then we transition. He's at a, a live event, I think, or something like that. He's backstage and he's talking to some people. The first guy he's talking to for the life of me, I didn't know. He looked like somebody, right? But I didn't know. I thought it was, I, I, I guessed, I'm guessing it's, it was Keith Richards, but I'm not sure. Did you have any idea of the first guy he was talking to? No, I actually was. thought it was like, a type of celebrity so i was like getting ready to look it up but then i saw him talking to like other people and i was like oh it's just like a meet and greet um that was probably just like a businessman a local businessman or whatever so i didn't even think anything of it but i thought the same thing i was like that guy looks important here's the thing though he talks to another guy in a shirt like a striped shirt the first guy was wearing a blazer next guy was wearing a striped shirt i was like okay i definitely know this guy <laughs> Okay, who is, I can't put my finger on who this guy is, but I've seen his face before. So I'm sitting next to my girl. She's watching TV. I'm watching this on my laptop. And I'm like, babe, who is, you recognize this guy? Who is that? And she's like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Like, she wasn't sure neither. So then she starts, she whips out her phone and she starts Googling. And then she was like, is that Jeff Bridges? I was like, no, but I think it's Bo Bridges. I think that second guy he was talking to was Bo Bridges. Who was an actor, obviously. And then we Googled him. They related to Nash Bridges? Sure enough. I, I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> All those Bridges guys are related. Oh, you wow. know that? But I think, and I'm pretty certain, the second person he was talking to backstage was Bo Bridges. Which makes me think the first guy was important. It makes me think even more that this was a guy. Like this first guy he was talking to was a celebrity. Because hmm. Bo Bridges is back there, and he's chatting it up with him he's got to be chatting up with this first guy too who's somebody like i don't think lex luger would just be talking to this guy for no reason who is this guy (laughs) so if you're out there you're listening to this and you've seen this uh tell us if you know who that person is that's the thing i just thought it could have been like a backstage live event meet and greet uh with just fans but i mean they did look pretty important though like he's he didn't he had a blazer on he didn't look like just an ordinary fan to me. That's just how I took it. Yeah. I don't know who this guy was. Again, I guessed, and I could be wrong, that it was Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones. I don't honestly, if it's not him, I I I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm pretty certain that second person was Bo Bridges. Hmm. So that's just my guess. So I'm glad you wanted the same thing because I'm just like, who the hell are these guys? Like, they, they look so they look like somebody, but um, so we're nearing the end here of this whole thing, and now we're at a live event. And one of my favorite parts. I forgot. What's that? It's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> well, because for one, the first thing I noticed, I forgot that Lex Luger had that super patriotic theme song. I was like, man, that song is so trash. <laughs> yeah. I, but but it Not got better because by WrestleMania he had the better theme song. I thought the theme song mm-hmm. he had at WrestleMania was dope. This song not dope at all. But I'm sure you noticed this. Did he almost fall into the ring? 
he uh, he definitely did and he he i don't know what he was doing uh like mid-air of trying to like jump over the top rope but he changed his trajectory at, at some point at his peak <laughs> and he landed so awkwardly and i'm like how like was is he like you know hitting the bottom a little bit beforehand or what like, <laughs> i Look, laughed man, so hard at that it wasn't healthy enough for him it wasn't healthy to drink like, you didn't do that come on now uh it was pasta. so funny to me because i'm like oh boy and they kept that in there which maybe even more funny look I, t- I again super raw footage it's just whatever they yeah. just whatever they shot got into this thing I don't know what purpose this thing served. This whole thing that we're talking about, I have no idea what purpose this served. I don't know who <laughs> this went out to, who purchased this, how this was packaged. I have no idea. But you see it all, including Lex Luger, jump over the top rope, looked like he almost ate it, and <laughs> was fine. <laughs> yeah, he okay. like rolled around in the, into the ropes, kept his balance, and then he kind of laughed a little bit, but then he went you know, corner to corner, and no one seemed to mind. And if I was in the crowd, I would have pointed and left. I'm sure somebody did. <laughs> somebody had to. Especially he's, he's a baby face. Baby faces aren't supposed to be nah. falling around looking stupid like that. Nope. If he was a heel, it's fine. But a baby face, <laughs> no. Uh, he cuts a promo here. He starts a USA chant. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, but you said this is your favorite part. Is, is it because uh, it was fell into the yeah, ring? Because he, he almost fell, and uh, he was such a dork. So I cracked up. <laughs> <laughs> a dork is a It, it was very something that I did not expect. So when it happened, yeah. it was like one of those things where I just rewound it about a couple times just to laugh. And how but, many especially times his Luger, reaction. How many times did Lex Luger actually enter the ring like that? Didn't he always just... Go through the middle rope, like I'm pretty sure. I mean, if it, I don't remember too much, but because I don't pay attention to that type of stuff uh, at this point, you know, maybe I did back then, but uh, like right now, if I were to put on SummerSlam '93, I wouldn't watch every single part of it. I would be on in the background a little bit, and I wouldn't pay attention to the entrances. So, you know, I don't know if he had a tendency to do to jump over the top rope or not. I just have no clue. Maybe it was just he's trying out something because he's a baby face. He's like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to jump over the top rope. People were like that. He's like, yeah. Lex, you're 250 <laughs> pounds, bro. You don't need to do that. Like, yeah, As soon as he landed, maybe that was he's the like, last I'm not doing that. <laughs> you're too big, bro. Like, You don't need to be doing that. Um, <laughs> Let's see here. Where are we at now? Oh, here we go. Now he's at somewhere else. He's this man has been everywhere. Okay, <laughs> he's making appearance after appearance. Now he's at a Planet Hollywood with another American flag shirt and fanny pack. This was the Lex Luger fit in 1993. <laughs> American flag shirt tucked into some type of pant, whether it's jeans or some terrible American flag pants, and the fanny pack. The fanny pack was always on him every time, everywhere he went. But remember Planet Hollywood? Vaguely, I don't think I've ever been there. I don't. I've never been there neither. But it felt like I saw their jackets everywhere when I was a kid. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like a really big deal. What was it? Like but an amusement park or something? I don't even know like what it was. It was a restaurant. Oh, it was okay. a restaurant and some hotels that 
like they had a bunch of them and then they got into some a bunch of debt and closed a bunch of locations <laughs> mm. like so now they only have i looked it up uh seven restaurants and four hotels in the entire world so they got <laughs> wow. some you know around the world including malta i think but not that many so yeah planet hollywood that was a blast mm. from the past for um from uh the 90s for sure uh, like you know, it's just like WWF New York that lasted like yeah. a little while, <laughs> and then it didn't. <laughs> it was gone. Yeah, yeah wish um, it lasted long enough for me to go up there and be there, but I didn't. Uh, it didn't. That's funny you say that because I was like, damn, WWF New York looks dope. Like, yeah. <laughs> as a well, how old I would have been when they first opened that? They opened it in like a two thousand something like that. Yeah, two thousand two thousand. So I was, you know, sophomore or junior in high school. So. You know, I didn't turn 18 until 2003 in October, so I probably would have been the time I, after I got my regular license. Actually, I got my license at 17, so I could have, like, driven up there. But that's what I was waiting for. And, you know, but I didn't have close friends that were wrestling fans, and they wouldn't go to a wrestling-themed restaurant. No. So it was just, I'd never, I just, like, oh, I'll wait a few years, and then, boom, it's not there anymore. I'm sure the food was trash too. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. It would have been cool to go there for like a pay per view or something. Yeah. Even though I, I guess. taped all of them. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I went through, you know, a lot of sabbaticals uh, at that time. I think I did two sabbaticals of uh, not watching. So it probably actually closed during one of my sabbaticals. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because it went back. It was the World Nightclub and they bought that. Yeah. And then they, tar- they called it WWF New York. It failed. But then they called it the world again. Right. They, and that, that's probably after they went to WWE. It's probably after they right. So it was still name. it was still owned by them, but they changed it back to the world, I guess, because it was the recognizable name of the building. Right. And that didn't succeed neither. So no. again, another example of something that w, that Vince McMahon does outside of wrestling that just falls on his face. <laughs> like <laughs> every time you try to open up restaurants, casinos. Football leagues. And usually and restaurants time, seem to be the ones that do the best because there's a ton of people that open up bars and restaurants that do well. So, No, man. It's actually the, the opposite. Guy. Restaurants are yeah. bars are hard to run, bro. Yeah, a lot of people well, no, open I'm up saying, restaurants like, and they the, the fall in face. Yeah, but I guess I just overestimate uh, the – I know a lot of people, like they call it like small business owners and stuff that run it and – I guess it's because they love what they do and they love the. It's more local, so I guess if you try more national, like uh, especially in New York, right. Times Square, it's harder. So I, I can see that. Because you gotta think, if you're doing it at that large of a level, there's a lot of overhead. Yeah. Uh, for a national chain, same for Planet Hollywood, man. Like. Yeah. Plenty of overhead when you're doing it in these big locations, a lot of staff, a lot of you know, people. You know, it's a lot of overhead. On top of that, in the specific case of WWF New York. It was in the middle of Times Square in Manhattan. And this is post, like, this is when Manhattan and Times Square was, had transformed into the tourist attraction it is today. So it wasn't like it was in the 70s where it was crazy. It was like, you know, a tourist attraction now. And the rent was, I'm sure, was sky high. <laughs> it was sky high to be in Manhattan <laughs> and Times Square. So that that's overhead alone that's super expensive. And if you, unless you're crushing business every single night, you're probably going to lose money on that. So, look, I watch a lot of Bar Rescue, and I watch a lot of Kitchen Nightmares with uh, Jordan, uh, Gordon Ramsay. I said Jordan. Gordon Ramsay. 
Uh, so I know I've seen from my own two eyes how hard it is to run restaurants. Well, yeah, that, that's true. I don't watch that type of stuff, so I probably don't have a good uh, grasp on oh, that. Oh, yeah. How easily they can fail. And it's, I feel like you hear about athletes and stuff like that. They open restaurants, and they just don't work. They don't know what they're doing. They don't hire people that know what they're doing. It's just so many people, when they get some money in their pocket, they try to open a restaurant. Well, that reminds and it me work. of the Brent Selleck and Todd Herman's start a bar or something like that i don't even know if that's still going uh, I vaguely, on i vaguely remember that i don't remember the specific specifics behind it five but seven nine or something right. it was like a combination of their jersey numbers or something mm. i vaguely remember I that but that. i don't you know i don't re- remember anything specifically about that but yeah but again that's it it's just another example of people do that a lot i'm not sure if they're closed but a lot of times people try to get into the business of restaurants and bars and just doesn't work for whatever reason <laughs> you know yeah so eight seven nine that was it but ah it's no okay. more oh that's clever yeah I, I get it Eighty-seven seventy-nine. there you go yeah. all right <laughs> back to lex luger <laughs> <laughs> who is at a donut shop <laughs> with a guy who is at the donut shop wearing of course an american flag shirt because <laughs> They all had to wear. It's like a uniform, almost. <laughs> it's like these guys are in the goddamn Olympics or something. <laughs> you will wear uh, red, white, and blue, or you're fined. Pretty much. It's going to seem like like they had to wear it. But they're getting donuts, and they bring the, the guy brings the donuts on the bus, and he's like, oh, here you go, Lex. Here's your donuts. Here's your breakfast. And he's like, what? What? And he like, closes the box and acts like he doesn't want them, but he clearly does. It's like, this is strange. Yeah. I, like, what, what's the point of this? It's like, uh, oh, it's funny because he likes the food that normal people like. <laughs> and he's pretending he doesn't, right? Huh? Yeah. Oh, no. These aren't for me. No. So I'm, funny. I'm healthy. Where are, the, where are the carrots? That's what I'm eating. Not these lovely Boston cream donuts. Boston cream donuts are so good. I want a Boston cream donut right now. They are pretty good. I do have to admit. They're damn good. Probably my favorite donut, actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah. I like the brownie batter that Duncan gets, but whatever. (laughs) They they haven't had anything recently because of the pandemic, so it's just like regular donuts and... Regular donuts aren't that great. Donuts are good. Like, good old-fashioned glazed donuts, still good. Yeah, Still good. Yeah. So. You know what I do like? I, I do like the Krispy Kreme donuts, but they don't sit well with me, so I can't have them. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> Krispy Kreme, it ain't for everybody, man. It's a lot <laughs> going on with Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> like, I'm a, fan, a big fan of how they go in, but... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is getting graphic. <laughs> It's after Do midnight. Not finish that statement. <laughs> it's after midnight. <laughs> We're not getting the uh, Krispy Kreme endorsement now. <laughs> Krispy Kreme, it'll make you well, a lot. <laughs> what's great is that uh, we just got a Royal Farms. Near, well, not just got it. It's been there a few years now uh, near where I live. And they basically have a bunch of Krispy Kreme products there. Products, donuts. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> What other products do they have? They got milkshakes, right? They're the new Ico Pro. They have like all these protein powders and whatnot, the Krispy Kreme powders. But uh, wow, yeah, I I would get like a box here and there, and I thought maybe it was just that batch. And then like, I think I got three in the span of 
like four or five months. I got like three of the six donuts. And yeah, it just every single time. So I don't get them anymore. And it's a shame because I love how they taste. They're a lot better than what's readily available out there around here at least. So if anyone out there is listening, I need a good donut shop to go to. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's talk about the final miles for Lex Luger on the Lex Express, where he's joined by your boy, Todd Pettengill. Hall of Famer, Todd Pettengill. He is not a Hall of Famer. Eventually. Sean Moore is a Hall of Famer. Todd Pettengill is not a Hall of Famer. He will be. He he won't. What? No. Put some respect on his name. (laughs) He was a decent interviewer. That's, That's about the respect he deserves. Okay. Todd Pettengill, you should come on the show one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> so, he's doing his interview or whatever, and now, for some reason, in the middle, I guess, I don't know, they're in Auburn Hills or what, but he Lex, Lex gets off the bus, and he talks to people, <laughs> a bunch so of people. weird. And somebody just yells, do the elbows! Like, to who, fam? Like, who's he going to do the elbow to? He's going to hit somebody Def- in the face? Definitely not Todd Pettengill, man. <laughs> I guess I would have been the person, you know. but uh, that was that was weird. It's just you just got off. It's like, oh, you know, I'll see you there. You know, I'm yeah, like, he's what? like at the door. He's not even technically off the bus, right? He's like at the door and just like, hey, everyone. Top hat Gill's in a full tux, and I'm so confused. Yeah, I know he was hot too. <laughs> it's August. Come on, man, it's hot right now. <laughs> We're in August as we sit here. Um, this is where, after this, this is where the person nearly gets decapitated by the overpass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We talked about it earlier, but yeah. it's still just wild because my heart was racing a little bit. So, <laughs> did you did you care of anything that Lex Luger said in that interview with Top Hat Gill before he? Hell no. Kind of, so I had to write this down because it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard somebody say in wrestling. <laughs> Damn. He says, every time I've gone into a match with a game plan, it's been my worst match. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, c- come on. What are you talking about? It's the worst match. So did you win or lose? Every time I've gone not- into a match with a game plan, it's been my worst match. So he's basically saying he's going to go into the match with Yokozuna with no game plan. That seems smart. Um, <laughs> but I think he I was talking was- from a shoe standpoint. I don't think he was talking from like a... A work standpoint, because like, I, you know, back in the day, guys didn't plan out their matches that in depth. They do, they have like a couple of bullet points uh, and they didn't do it. Well, we're ninety three. It's Lex Luger. I, I don't think he's talking in that terms. I don't know, man. Lex Luger still was in the NWA. I don't know. I, I don't no. know, man. I don't get it either. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> From like, like, so you're not going to have a game plan for the. Todd Pettengill should champion in recent memory. He should have grilled him on that. Damn it, Todd. That's why he's not a Hall of Famer, bro. Ah, come on. I'm gonna edit that out, Todd. Don't worry. Me and Gene, (laughs) me and Gene would have been like, "What are you talking about, Lex?" (laughs) He would have been like, "That doesn't seem very smart to me." (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) That's why me and Gene is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for some reason, after this, we get a look at 
peop, a bunch of people now are on Lexus bus. Don't know how this happened, including a woman in an Uncle Sam costume, which is like, what? What is this? <laughs> And then she says, I feel like a fool. (laughs) (laughs) She's honest. I give her that much. (laughs) Because, like, you look like a damn fool. (laughs) At first, I was like, is that his wife or something? Like, could it be his wife? No idea. It's just funny. There's a thing that uh, (laughs) black people say. And it's like, do I look like Boo Boo the Fool to you? (laughs) And no one knows who Boo Boo the Fool is. It's like, we don't know who Boo Boo the Fool is, but we know who he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> All right? <laughs> Do I like Boo Boo the Fool to you? I think we found Boo Boo the Fool, and there was this lady, Justice Uncle Sam. We found <laughs> Boo Boo the Fool. All right? So, black people, I we got it. <laughs> Go to WWE Network. All aboard the Lex Express. <laughs> About two hours in. Two and a half hours in. There she is. There's Boo Boo the Fool right there. <laughs> we got her. <laughs> it was like that gift was like, we got him. That, that's it. I found Boo Boo the Fool. She's had a whole beard no too. Other, I have accomplished what no other black person has been able to accomplish. I found Boo Boo the Fool. It was this lady. She even admitted it. She's like, I feel like a fool. <laughs> Oh, that's that. That's Boo Boo. That's him. That's that's hers. Boo Boo the fool. That's it. So yeah, so that was what I got out of this whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this historic happening of finally uh, acquiring the whereabouts or some footage of Boo Boo the fool. It's like Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, was it the Bruder film? How, what's yeah, it's a Bruder. Or, uh, yeah, this is it, man. You say this is like the Super. one of the unsolved mysteries uh, solved now. Solved it after all these years, man. You did it. Gotta make I did this, it. Gotta make this an episode. <laughs> yeah, it's that. historic, bro. <laughs> it's historic. But um, we finally wrap it up. Finally at the end of the journey. The 45-day journey of the Lex Express. After countless babies kissed... Countless autographs signed, many hands shaken, many photos taken, many signatures, I guess, on the the petition, miles, so many miles driven, so many people he reached out to in his grassroots campaign to get over. We finally reached the destination of the palace at Auburn Hills, even though he was already there, but he's there again for SummerSlam. And look, as much as we want to, you could crap on the Lex Express and how it was like a dud in the long run. When I see this footage of him pulling up to the palace, you got to be honest. You got to be real. The people were into Lex. He got mobbed as he got off that bus. I mean, they flocked to him. Now, get it. He's also a professional wrestler that people watch on TV. So maybe that would have happened for anybody. Maybe the Nasty Boys would have gotten a mob. Maybe, you know, name another, you know, a wrestler on the roster at that point that I can't think of right now on top of my head. Virgil. There you go. Uh, Bob Backlund. (laughs) He was in WWF (laughs) at that point. The Kid 1-2-3. Yeah, yeah, you know the Kid 1-2-3. But 
they they weren't you know this at this moment it was Lex Luger. And I wrote down WWE had something with Lex Luger, but ruined it only a few hours later. <laughs> you know it that whole that scene reminded me of No Holds Barred when Hulk Hogan gets off like the plane or whatever, and everyone all the kids go to mob him or something yeah. like that. It's just it's it's crazy. Like the people for 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 what it was, even though in hindsight, Lex Express was probably it was a bad idea, right? It was a lot of money, a lot of time spent to get this guy over, but it kind of worked. Judging by how the people reacted to Lex, every time he would shake people's hands, every time he would make an appearance in these towns, big and small, and when he pulled up to the to the palace and they just mobbed him, he had to fight his way through to, to people to get into the building. It kind of worked. People were into Lex. For you know, look, I we all can agree that the Lex Express in hindsight didn't work, like it didn't pan out. But mainly because of what they did, like I said, after a few only uh, only a few hours later, with the terrible finish, that's what killed it. That's what really killed it. And here we are talking about it twenty six years, twenty seven <laughs> years later. Damn. Yeah. Right, so, and you know, at this point of the video, again, three-hour video, uh, it shifts to SummerSlam. Jim Cornette's cutting the promo with Yokozuna, and the match happens and all that. So we've talked about that in the past as well. The match itself and the finish and how terrible it was. You can, you know, search the archives for that and get our thoughts on that. But you know, the worst part of all this, what's that? They couldn't even get the bus driver Hank Carter a seat. In the arena to watch the match, he wow. was wa- he was watching the pay per view from the bus. You know this how? Because they interviewed him. When? What? when well, yeah, they interviewed him on the pay per view. I'm pretty sure it was on the pay per view, or it was at the very end of this. Hank Carter is watching SummerSlam from the bus, and I don't recall uh, that. I think Gino, or it might have been Joe Fowler, uh, interviewing him from the bus, and. He had asked him when what Hank's like favorite moment was of the journey or whatever, and he says uh, when they were in Philadelphia at the Children's Hospital and Lex walking into the rooms and seeing the kids, you know, smile and all that. That was his favorite moment. So that is pretty. Dope. That that might have been on the pay per view, the actual pay per view, but uh, I totally forgot about that. So I watched that, you know, before the match, and man, they just couldn't get the dude a seat in the arena to watch it after first all that off, yeah first off shout out to chop children's hospital of philadelphia yes. you do great I, things over i there, did chop. i've had evaluations there you know i was born with you know a birth defects and i've been there the people are great everything's great about chop love them right so if you get you know they, they could always i'd assume they could use donations or whatever but support children's hospital of philadelphia uh chop great stuff they do there part uh, sidetrack again Hospitals, the children's hospitals in Philadelphia, is part of the reason why Bryce Harper came to Philly. Because mm-hmm. he's having a baby. Yeah. Crazy. So, you know, something to think about. But not a, I'm sure the $330 million he got paid was a major reason. <laughs> yeah, that was just part but, of it. <laughs> that was, you know, it was Small mentioned. Part. I remember that being mentioned when he got, when he signed mm-hmm. uh, to, to the Phillies. But, uh, but yeah, 100% agree with you. 
you mean to tell me after all these miles this man drove, he couldn't get a seat in catering at least and get a, get a free meal? Damn, WWF, mm. come on. Mm-mm. He put in a, a, a ton of work. This man was up all night, I'm sure. He spent time away from his family. Get him a seat, get him a meal, get yeah. his man a, a bed too. And what, crack, don't what, you? what did crack me up is they went to Bobby Heenan after and he's like, How'd they get Jimmy Carter on that bus? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Carter. <laughs> oh, Bobby Heenan, man. Rest in peace to Bobby Heenan, man. Yeah. Uh, so, great. yeah. That is the Lex Express portion of the All Aboard the Lex, Ex- the Lex Express special on the WWE Network. Uh, 45 days of Lex Luger hitting the roads, talking to people. How do you do all this? And then not give him the title. It it makes again it makes the, that finish even worse. Honestly, after seeing all this, all the work they put in, all the money they spent, that bus ain't cheap. Diesel <laughs> or gas? I think buses take diesel, right? Yeah. That stuff ain't cheap. That bus driver got to get paid. Mm-hmm. All the the photographers, the videographers, the editors who put it all together after the fact, they got to get paid. Lex Luger got paid. They made money from the appearances, I'm sure. All the interviews they set up. All that time. You can never get that time back. And they didn't give him the title? (laughs) He spent (laughs) 45 days talking about his main goal was to bring the title back to the United States. That was literally what he said multiple times. We saw it. Me and Nick saw it. (laughs) We seen it. (laughs) <laughs> and then he didn't do it and he was happy still dude if they had I, done the same exact finish and and Lex was upset about not winning the title it probably could have been salvaged perhaps instead they shot off fireworks and balloons <laughs> like you had me I was invested and you didn't pay it off and he made him look like a sucker at the same time mm-hmm. damn yeah, they did like kind of dirty on that they, one. Man. They did, they did, and I will never forget. And I posted this on Twitter in my Todd Pettengill thread on an episode of Mania. He talks about how Lex is, you know, the next great American hero. He did what he said he was going to do, and he he listed all these things. Lex did this, he said that, and then he he went and beat Yokozuna, and then he and then he and then Todd says, but he didn't win the title. But that's a whole other story, and then he he segues back to building Lex up. It's like, no, no, wait, what do you, what do you mean? Like, that was the whole whole point of the story. That was the whole thing. That is the story. (laughs) That is literally the entire story. Come on, Todd. That is the story. Forget that he won. The title is what matters. So any final thoughts before, before we wrap up here on episode 248 of the straight shooters. Very, very nostalgic uh, doing these deep dives. I love them. They crack me up, too, because, <laughs> you know, you, you learn some things that you didn't know, and then you pick up some things. So uh, I was seven years old when this whole Lexus Express was going on. Uh, I never got to see him in person, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, should have won the damn title. But it, at least we got that like Yokozuna run I guess because they did if they put the title on Lex they probably would have ruined Yokozuna so then I, I look at it that way 
And Yokozuna was pretty cool looking back. You know, I, I wasn't a big fan at the time because I'm like, good guys versus bad guys and, you know, whatever. But Yokozuna was damn good. So maybe they they cut Lex off at the knees so Yokozuna could, you know, <laughs> be what he was. I don't know. Yeah, Yokozuna was awesome. Rest in peace, Yokozuna as well. But, um, yeah, this was a wasted opportunity. A lot of time put in, a lot of effort put in just to drop the ball, fumble the bag before our just, very just to, eyes. to try and build a new Hogan, but then he doesn't even win the title in his first match. It's like, that's like, so let's, weird. Let's have him chase some more. And they never paid it off with nope. Lex Luger. No. <laughs> they did it with Brett eventually, but never happened with Lex at any point. He was never a WWF champion. When you How put that, wild is that? When you put that... Uh, stipulation in there that this is Lex's only title match uh, and then you don't give him the belt like then you have to go through all the hoops I thought it was a great thing Cornette was like oh he's got to wear a elbow pad on that you know steel elbow that was like a, a great wrinkle but then like you go through the next few months and then you have to get Lex to go basically on another campaign to have people call in to get him in the Royal Rumble just so he could have a shot at winning that so he can have a shot at the title again. And it just makes no sense. Right. I'm not it's campaigning annoying. for you multiple times, fam, for, for you to just <laughs> right? not get it done. <laughs> You're like, a loser. Get out of here. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm not campaigning for you. Like, get out of here, fam. But, uh, yep, <sighs> that is the Lex Express in all of its glory and great detail. And with that, Nick, take us out with some plugs, please. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter and at Facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. You can follow me at Nick Pacone on Twitter and follow my writing and editing and a bunch of Philly sports stuff at PhillyInfluencer.com. And you can follow and listen to this podcast also at PhillyVoice.com. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can find me out here in these streets, but you know, not a whole lot because it's a pandemic, obviously. But you can also follow my writing at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. I, like I've said the last couple of weeks, I've been writing my ass off, man. It's, it's been, I've been out here hustling. And I got stories about J.D. Ortega Whiteside, Malik Jackson, T.J. Edwards, all the, you know, a bunch of players. Uh, and I got another story coming very soon uh, about the linebackers, the linebacker situation. Uh, with the Eagles. So check that all out. PhiladelphiaEagles.com For Nick McCone, I'm Vaughn Johnson, and thanks for listening to episode 248 of the Straight Shooters, and we will catch y'all again next week. Peace.